Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the movie event you can't miss, Jay. Joined as always is my co-host, the most average action movie you've ever seen, Z. How was your day, Z? I'm doing pretty well. It's good. I was pretty proud of that one because I've I've often thought that to myself, going, hey, I'll say the number one movie in America, but I was gonna say it just, it just came out. Yeah, I was just gonna say that same thing. Everyone claims to be the number one movie, and I suppose they are true at a you know at a point in time, but it's just. Starts to lose its weight, doesn't it? I, I, the one that's worse is the number one movie in the world. I'm like, all right, why do you have to go there? Just say America. I'm like, don't bring the world into this. I remember even as like a child, I had to like ask my mom that once. I was like, but how are they, how are they all the number one movie? And she's probably just like, you're such a nerd. Shut up. Right. Shut up. Eat your paste. <laughs> all right, Jack. <clears throat> this week we had right. the the big old finale episode to uh to She Hulk here. Episode nine. Oh, what was the title? Whose show, Who show is this? Uh, I would say very fun finale. Very She-Hulk. I would say probably uh, one of the best finales of the show so far. Totally agree, Jack. Because uh, it like wasn't... They didn't like trip right before the finish line, which a lot of them do. <laughs> yeah, it, it really kind of like stuck the landing better than most of the other ones. in a way, And it kind of directly addresses some of that, which we'll, we'll get to here. So. First off, though, right. very beginning, it starts off with a um, Incredible Hulk uh, homage opening sequence, which was very, oh, very cool. Oh yeah, I loved it. I remember that was that was probably one of the first Marvel things I watched because my mom showed that to my brother and I. We were young. Oh yeah, I think before we watched any of the movies, yeah, she was like, "Look at the Hulk show," and I was like, "Oh, this is cool. It's like kind of campy." Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy enjoying it. So to see that was kind of nostalgic, even though obviously I'm. Not that old, like I didn't grow up with it. Like having mm-hmm. watched it when I was younger, I had a little bit of nostalgia, which was cool. It was very fun. Even not to yeah, like, like when they, all the weird, it was the 80s, right? A bunch of 80s, like they, computers yeah. and shit, and the way she's dressed. It was very fun. The way the transformation goes. Uh huh. Uh, I like that they bring the back, they bring back the narrator later on, like in the in the episode where she goes to um, Blonsky's estate thing. Yeah. And she goes, we're not doing that. So they, I thought they were going to use it more, but that's fine if it's just the beginning. Because I think if they use it too much, it might might have gone off the rails a little bit. Oh, yeah. But it was super fun. And a nice little thing to say for the last episode. Because she, you know, she did have that sort of Hulk moment last week. Mm-hmm. So she's the, she's the savage She-Hulk. Uh, but then she's in prison or whatever, and they let her out with the, the inhibitor. Same thing. So that's cool. Um, I liked her dad's line in this. Her parents remain real, real swell. Just, oh, just yeah. uh, as as we stated previously, just a real swell Marvel dad. He, he's like, oh, people go to prison every day. It's not even a big deal. Don't worry about it. Like, it's just real nice <laughs> and supportive. Yeah, but it but it's very much like a dad thing, being like, well, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Um. So she's kind of kind of going through it though. She has a pretty rough spell here for a minute because of this fallout. So yeah, she loses her job. The all this lost moment. Exactly. Exactly. She has to move it back in with her parents. Um, it's a, it was a bit of a struggle, but uh, she so that's like as you said, she well, I guess first she's she's trying to um get to the bottom of the what is it? What's it called? Intelligentsia. Intelligentsia. Yeah, the servicer because she's like, oh, it's their fault. This and that. And everyone else, else, everyone else is like, yeah, but like you actually did this thing. We need to address this here. Um, but she gets kind of obsessive about taking them down because they did kind of ruin her life. So I guess fair enough. Yeah, fair play. So she's got her, she's got a real, you know, a Pepe Silvia board set up and all this. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, she decides at some point to, to try to chill out a little and, and get some, 
relaxation to go back to the rec- the retreat there. So she does that. Um, and they're, she's, she's just, what is she, what is she trying to do? She's like wandering around for, for when she gets, when she's at her parents' house. No, like she gets to the retreat and she's just like, is she looking for oh, service yeah, she, or something again? You no, know, she's looking for a meal because okay, yeah. the record record is like, oh yeah, I think he's, he's having some event. Oh yeah, he doesn't. And then she okay. like stumbles so into it. Yeah. So he's been doing an event. Uh, meanwhile, Pug and, uh, her friend there. What's her friend's name? Shit. Mickey. Mickey. Uh, they're they're trying to get undercover. He he infiltrates the intelligentsia thing with that video of her, and so then he's there and he's that's a fun scene. Pug's doing good in that because he has to like pretend to be like a a real like douchey dude, bro. But he's not yeah, a real in- ass motherfucker, which is nice because Pug's a good guy. He, he wouldn't be like that. He, he he can't take it hardly. Not our boy. He, he, it's it's a struggle, but he has to do it for the cause. For the cause. Um, and it turns out that the dude. Uh, who she went on that date with, who was all weird about her being a She-Hulk, um, and then tried to get her back again later. Was it last week? Uh, that dude. Yeah. Yes, it was last week. That dude is Hulk King. He he's he's the leader of Intelligentsia, which isn't isn't great. Isn't great for anyone involved. Um, and so it all comes to a head there when Emil comes to do their do a whatever his thing is. What is it? Like a motivational like talk. A, yeah, it's, exactly. His motivational speech. What I'm going for. Um, yeah. At first, I thought like he was like on board and i was like oh that sucks that he was like pretending to be nice to jen but i'm like oh you know he just doesn't know they just like paid him to do a, a talk as exactly. nomination it's a totally generic thing and he he just didn't realize yeah which i agree yeah i, I kind of want the same thing for a second and i saw a number of people saying that same thing is like oh it'd be weird it'd be kind of lame if they actually just it was all fake sort of thing uh mm-hmm. but it wasn't yeah that he like lied and like oh yeah i'm totally yeah. changed yeah, just fine. I mean, he did he did kind of do the wrong thing there by breaking his parole and all, but he wasn't actually like evil or anything. So yeah. he's, right. he's just going after his bag. So I mean, yeah, I guess you can't. Really no matter how you eat a sandwich, the bread comes first. That's true. Um, but then it uh, what's his name? Fuck, Todd. Is that his name? I think it's Todd. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I've been I've been behind this whole thing, right? And he, yeah, it is Todd. And he does the the blood that they got from her a couple weeks ago. With uh, what's his name? Josh, the the dude that she slept Josh, with. Josh, yeah. And he's like, I've revealed this uh, in the video, and then I also got your blood, and I've paid some scientists to synthesize it so I can have the Hulk powers. And then he does. He shoots himself up, and now he's Hulk. And um, then we get we get the boy uh, Bruce back finally. And he he bursts through the ceiling. Uh, the the Hulk is returned from space. Uh, Titania shows up. Uh. We got Hulk Todd. We got Abomination. It's looking, it's looking crazy. We're ready for a real big Hulk punch out. A real big punch out, which is you know pretty classic for a Hulk thing. Just a bunch of big brawlic punchy dudes punching each other. What else are they gonna do? I mean, it's right. That's Hulk, baby, baby. Um, but she's she's kind of caught off the rails here, right? And this whole mm. this whole episode through she Hulk's like, I don't I don't know about this, guys. What's what direction is this going here? Um, but then she just does a does a full on. Uh, the most, the most fourth wall breaky fourth wall she's, she's done yet. Yeah. She, she literally comes she, through the screen, Jack. Yeah. She goes into the menu, which is fun. That's a good time. huh? But I liked it. I um, mean, she busts out, she busts out of Disney plus and finds herself on the, the Marvel studios lot. Yeah. And she, uh, she finds the writer. She pulls a kind of a Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. She did it first. Just, well, she did it first. She did it first, Jack. Never forget. Of course. I won't forget. I just know this is the first thing I could think of. Like, talk to the writers. I guess 
the Fantastic Four, everybody does that eventually. Yeah, yeah. You go for long enough, you talk to your writer. Grant Morrison loves that trope. Just read Animal Man. Uh, But anyway, uh, and then she's like, guys, what are we doing with the writing thing? And they're like, steal my blood? That feels like like the super serum. I feel like they do that every time. He goes, well, that's that's what Kevin wanted us to do. Like we were told, and then when he says Kevin in the subtitles, it's like it's like Modoc, it's like yeah, K E V I N with like periods, like acronym, and she just says Kevin like a name. So then she's got to hunt down Kevin, uh, and then she does. Like she beats up some people, like they're trying to stop her. And they find him, and it's this like pale Wally esque robot that has like a hat, and it's got like three lenses, like a film camera, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like an algorithm robot to print the. Just, just give us your cape shit. <laughs> it's an AI. Kevin is an AI who makes all the, the Marvel properties, yeah. um, which is very fun. I, I, I quite enjoyed this, to be honest. Yeah. I was hoping it would be real Kevin Feige, and he was like in a big chair. Like, it'd be God King Kevin Feige. Like we like to, we have a little joke about. They kind of did that anyways, though. Like I feel like they really yeah, were kind of playing off of that, that idea, right? Because everyone's mm-hmm. talking about it in these like hushed, reverent tones. Like, no, you can't speak to Kevin. Yeah. No, Kevin, oh. Kevin doesn't see anyone. And the one guy's like, I would, I would literally kill you to defend Kevin. <laughs> so you're like, what's going on with Kevin here? I guess he's literally, he truly does rule them. Uh, mm. But no, it's a, yeah, it's an AI. It's an algorithm who, who is tuned to create the perfect, the perfect media, <laughs> uh, which is fun. I don't know. I, I, I really didn't have a problem with this. I know as with this entire show, there's, there's been a lot of people just saying it's dumb and bad or whatever. And people saying it's just not funny, which like, I don't know. I thought it was funny enough. Um, yeah. I wasn't like rolling on the floor or anything, but you know, I got some chuckles. I, I thought I was amused yeah. at the very least. And it's like subjective, right? It's just, of know, course. it's an interesting idea. Did you notice that he has kind of like, so he's got those like three eye, camera lens eye type deals, yeah. right? He's got the baseball hat. Yeah, he's got like a baseball cap looking kind of deal. It took me a minute, but I'm like, oh, that's fun. I was that's like, oh, fun. there's the baseball hat. Not a good yeah. time. Um, oh. like, and I think this is a little self. Like, I don't know if you're one of those people who has is tends to be a little more critical of of the Marvel uh, Studios MCU stuff, right? I feel like they should be up your alley because they're. I mean, they're. It's very much poking fun at itself, right? Yeah. It's like, haha, look. And AI makes all our stuff. That's why it's all the kind of the same. Haha. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like it's it, yeah, it's you know they're kind of uh the joke is that they're always friends. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think it's I think it's quite nice. It's a quite quite fun little thing. No, for sure. And I like he's it. like yeah, it's doing the same finale that everything else does. And she's like, what if we didn't though? How about we not just do the same finale that they all do? That people criticize all the things for all ending the same way. What if you didn't do that? Mm-hmm. And so and, uh, we get our fresh. Well, she she wants to add a bunch of people. She's like, oh, take this out and make it during the day. I'm tired of it being at night. Uh, let me put Daredevil in. I want Daredevil back. Yeah, I want to kiss Matt Murdock again. Get rid of uh, you know Bruce. You know, doesn't? You, I don't need my male cousin to come save me in the finale of my show, which is fair. Oh yeah. Um, she starts talking about every uh, all the superheroes having daddy issues, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> There's something to that. Uh, I don't even oh, know. Yeah. Did she mention Iron Man? She mentions like Thor and Loki and Star Lord, but Tony Stark's got some pretty yeah. big daddy issues, doesn't he? Oh no, she does say Tony right. Stark. Right here, yeah. you just say Tony. Uh, yeah, because it, it escalates because it's Tony Stark. He has one. Loki and Thor have the same dad and same issues, and Star Lord has two different dads and two different issues. It's true. So that was pretty fun. Oh yeah, uh, um, I think it's the first mention of the X Men by name. Yeah, she literally just says it. it. Does a look to the camera, which is fun. 
and I like that she's like, I'm trying, guys. Like, I'm for you. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, no. He's that's, like, ah, rats. That's nice. Um, I didn't mention. I really did mention last week. Just the X Men thing made me think of it. But did you notice last week the little? I guess you wouldn't because you don't know it super well. But they did the Daredevil theme song like tag for a second there. Yes, the I Daredevil. did see stuff about that after I watched the episode. I kind of figured that's what it was. Like when it was mm-hmm. when it showed, I was like, that's probably something. And then later, I, I think my friend told me actually. I watched it with told me it was. But yeah, I didn't know. I wouldn't have known beforehand without it. I really enjoy that. It's like the X Men one from Ms. Marvel. I just oh, yeah. those little tags. There's only so much iconic like Marvel music if you really get down to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the Sp- Spider-Man three theme, right? That'd be one of them. Yeah, that means Spider-Man, like the Raimi Spider-Man one, I guess. The X-Men one to an extent. Well, really, the X-Men movie one is you know derivative of the TV show and and also the mm-hmm. Spider-Man TV show itself. I guess I don't know. It's weird. I don't. <sighs> Score is always a weird thing for me because it's like how often is it really like iconic you you know it takes a lot but that's also not to say there's anything wrong with it if it's not you know i don't know it's yeah. weird i guess the the avengers one has become that because of just you know sheer popularity and i would say captain america's theme maybe is pretty pretty good one but like yeah there's only so many things they can really really harken back do to for like that. That. yeah yeah they're really iconic and i saw even even with this some people being like how do you guys tell what the song is after like three notes <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed like two seconds of like a note. I'd be like, I don't. Yeah, you just know the song beforehand. And then they do. Uh, they do that in this episode too with uh, the little Black Panther drum thing. Do you notice that? No, when was that? Okay, episode? so he's like, all right, I'll tell you, Jen, but you have to turn out a folk because it's too expensive. Um, and he says the VFF, the VFX artists have moved on to another project. And then little Black Panther drums play real quick. Oh, I didn't. Oh, that's like, fine. I, they're working on Black Panther now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They've, they've been shifted. Now they cannot see their families to work on Black Panther. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I don't know. But that's a, uh, in light of recent uh, revelations with that, that joke is a, is a little bit more strained, I would say. But <laughs> yeah. But when they wrote that a year ago, it probably it, was funnier. Yeah, it probably wasn't too real. But now it's a little mm-hmm. like, ooh. Um, yeah, so oh, she gets. I did like. Gets changes, I like right? when, the, when she's like. Uh, Oh, and the robot, Kevin, is like, uh, what does he say? Oh, I've seen the next movie. And she's like, really? He's like, no, you're not. No. And I was like, oh, I thought they were going to be like, I thought they were going to like really go for it and just be like, and this is where we're announcing when she's going to show up next. Like, just really go for it. But I mean, I'll oh, yeah, what is she, doesn't she say something and then he says, save it for the movie or whatever? Yeah. And then she gets hopeful. And then he's, he's like, like, oh, oh really? He's like, no, I'm just, I'm just joshing. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh yeah, this is it. So she goes. She talks about smashing stuff or whatever, because she smashes the ending, and she smashes Matt Murdock or whatever. That's fun. And uh, fourth walls, she says. Yeah, she says, Bruce smashes building, I smash for bad endings and fourth walls, and sometimes Matt Murdock. That's all right. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, and yeah, he says, see you on the big screen. And she says, really? And he says, no. <laughs> uh, but then they just drop her right back uh, in, in there, and it's the cops are there, and it's pretty easy. And, but she doesn't fight Todd, does she? She doesn't, like, no. smash him. Um because that's a normal man, she would, uh, she would kill him. She'd punch a hole right through him. I'd, I'd say. Oh yeah. But no, she's gonna do it the right way, Jack. The way that she knows, she knows best. The law. The law. Also, too bad he has a lot of money, so it probably won't even matter. No, nah, but she's uh, a really good lawyer, so she'll be able to beat true. them because that's because the you know the right thing happens usually, doesn't it? Uh, right. In a, well, in their world, not uh, in ours. Oh, jeez. 
well, in this fictional escapism, at least, uh, just where a blind man can do something, justice prevails. And then, yeah, Daredevil's back, which is very fun. I I really did not have any. Uh, I did not really foster any any hopes that Daredevil would would come back after last week, yeah, but here he is. Oh yeah, I like he just hops in. He goes, "What's up? I'm here." He's like, oh, "We're done." He's like, "God damn it! Come on." Very fun. I dressed up and everything. Again, he's really matching the energy, which I think is what you need, and and it's mm-hmm. well fine. Um, and then they they immediately pick up on the fact, or Pug immediately picks up on the fact that they were like they hooked up or whatever, which is fun. And then we get the other. Uh, is it? Oh, so then Emil's like going to prison because. He did it, but it's the right thing to do. So he he lets him take him away for violating his parole. And then we have another one of the other family dinners, which is nice. Her family's there. Oh yeah, Chad and Matt Murdock's there too. Matt Murdock comes to dinner with her family, and oh, they're, yeah. they're doing great. a classic parent thing of just grilling him about having kids, which is really quite quite too early for that discussion, you'd think. But I I would say so. That's uh, his aunt is like her aunt is like fa- fawning over him, like Matt. And her uncle's like, why don't you come help me with this? And he like gives him a stink eye. It's like, hey, man, like, how, how much are you going to be Matt Murdock? How much money do you make? And he's like, oh, I don't do it for the money. I do it for the people. And they're like, mm. so not you have much some money, though, right? <laughs> are you going to raise a kid in L.A.? And he's just like, what? What? Uh, pardon? But then, uh, right at the, yeah. at the crux of the family dinner, we have our good friend Hulk show back up. And he's got a little somebody with them. And right before, when he said, like, I got someone I'd like you to meet, I paused and I went, no way they're going to introduce the guy I think they're going to, right? And then there he is, the son of Hulk, Scar. Scar, son of Hulk. So he is. They just did the whole Hulk movie off screen? <laughs> Good. Like, as they should. Yeah. So I, I said should. it. They already did. They already did Planet Hulk. I don't know what they want from, from him, all right? And, yeah. and it's so it would be so weird. I know this is what everyone wants. All these guys apparently are, are very very upset by hulk not being mad anymore or whatever but i think in a very real sense it'd be strange and bad to yeah. to make hulk uh just be bad again and like angry and smashy when his whole arc in the mcu has been to get away from that oh definitely just be yeah, retroactively and then have a son that's also angry i feel like the whole thing is going to be him teaching his son not to be weird and angry and edgy but this yeah. Oh, this and another scene where uh, we cut to a meal, and I think after this we cut to a meal in prison, and then Wong is like, "What's up, bro? Come on, I'll, I'm gonna free you from prison again, but this time you're gonna chill with me." That's right. It's gonna flaunt international law, um, which is very funny, but it sets up for I think New World Order a little bit because I know after D23 they talked a lot of like things were coming out about how it's gonna be like a lot of Hulk stuff. Like more Hulk things because like the leader's the villain. Oh, really? Now that, yeah, like now I'd like based on the ending here, it very much seems like they. Not, I don't think all of them are going to be in it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Hulk. Obviously, there are more Hulk. They start showing up more because Emil's yeah. not in prison. Banner, Jen, and Scar are all around. Like, be, I mean, there'd be a lot of people because just add a bunch of main characters. But I don't know. I mean, at least before that's kind of where we're at in the MCU. We're just people just gonna start showing up everywhere. I still wonder if if he couldn't be in uh, Thunderbolts, right? Like I know he's at not- this point, I think he, he will be because he's not in prison. They don't have to free him from prison anymore. Yeah. So and this could get him to like come back to America. It'd be like, well, you can come back if you do this, and we won't send you to prison. You can- yeah. So- yeah. Exactly. Real Suicide Squad situation. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I, I uh, there was some. I feel like I read something recently about someone who was confirmed to be in New World Order, but now I can't remember what it is. So. Uh, but yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, 
like you said, uh, up top here, it's really kind of stick to landing because it just stuck to what this show has been about the whole way through, which is just a slice of life kind of comedy thing about her as a character. Yeah. It really didn't have, it was not chock full of action and, and all this. So the, you know, seemingly uh, Marvel obsession from the past, you know, pretty much decade plus of them doing this stuff of just ending the thing with a big punch up no matter what between you know a bunch mm. of heroes and villains and stuff um sh- truly was not necessary and so they didn't do it and i think it's all the better for it because it just stuck to what it actually was and so oh, there, is, there isn't a ton did, of like I... far-reaching implications to this right well, look no. what we got. i mean although scar was pretty surprising and I, I think that's you know pretty good i think it's funny because kevin was like but to Hulk, bruce has to come back and explain and we are going to introduce and then he gets cut off um mm-hmm. i guess it was scar which is cool uh, but yeah, just in general, it's less, you know, less of that, and it's just kind of sucked to what it is. So, you know, I saw, like, I've I saw people in the, you know, wake of the whole season being done now, being like, "Oh, those look seventy five percent filler," and I was like, "What does that even mean? What is filler in this context?" Yeah, what's filler in a comedy show? Yeah, it's all just the c- comedy, right? What was the main plot? Is her becoming like? Is all about personal growth? Yeah, yeah. I, right now, Jacko. Yep. If we could put it on pause and get to part a second here. Uh, yes, yeah, sure. I should be back. Go upstairs. Okay, yeah, no problem. <clears throat> all right, sorry, Jekyll. Oh, perfect. That was too bad. Not too long at all. But like I was saying, uh, but yeah, in a show where the the main sort of overarching plot theme, whatever, of the whole season is just you know personal growth for this individual. Every episode that the character appears in is is progressing that right. There could there yeah. really can't be filler. So no, no, really not at all. It's just it's really just you can't win. You know, like if you do a a show that's unique and just comedy and you know focused on character growth only, bad people go it's filler. And then if you try to do a show that's a big punch up, people go ah too much punch up. It's like what 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 what, what do you want? What, what can we do for you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think that's. I think that's silly. I think this. I was thinking about it. I think the only show, at least so far in my opinion, that comes close is probably WandaVision. And I think it might. If I think about it, I have to re probably rewatch WandaVision to actually establish the opinion because I haven't seen WandaVision since it came out, and this is pretty fresh. Maybe time will let me gauge it better, but maybe better than WandaVision in terms of ending. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, people have the complaint that WandaVision just turns into a big laser fight, which I don't. I don't usually mind, but. This one at least is the most unique. I guess it can't be shown otherwise for. Yeah, but I, I yeah. kind of I might agree with you there. It's just like it's just in terms of like consistency, right? Just again, mm-hmm. it's stuck to it, and it just. I mean, obviously, there's clearly been a good number of people who didn't really care for the show and what it was going for, which is fine. But if you you know, as long as you're into it, which for the most part we've definitely have been, it maintains that pretty well throughout, and it just. I just did it. I don't know. I just did the comedy yeah, absolutely. kind of thing. I know, again, like people, a lot of people are like, well, it's just not funny, which, whatever, that's fine. Um, and I, I I think I mentioned, like, people say the law stuff is terribly inaccurate, which, again, I guess, you know, is what it is. If that's a thing you're concerned about, then that's, that's you know, it's valid, I guess. But if you just kind of take it for what it is here, I don't know. I think it did a, a splendid job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a, in a whole show that's about 
like Jen being different, like trying to not be just like her cousin, what's come before her, essentially, to have the ending be a big punch out kind of uh, hamstrings your whole premise. Wouldn't wouldn't you think? I would think. Uh, I would think. Like having a character that breaks the fourth wall, literally meet the the creator and who makes everything like it's just. Just all fits. You don't need a fucking PhD in literary analysis to understand what they're going for here. Like, very clear what they're trying to do. How they, well they do it, I guess, over debate. But like, their consistency is there. I think. Oh yeah. But uh, one thing, one thing I do want to bring up. I remember we brought this up. I think before the Daredevil episode, so maybe two, three weeks ago, about like if they'll stay together. So with her and J- Mark, Matt, and Jen will stay together, and yeah. it seems like. They are, which leads me to think we've talked about before how like Spider-Man could show up in the Daredevil show. We're at that point. Are we at the point where in 18 episodes, a lot of longer than even Andor, mm-hmm. that we could have a show where both She-Hulk and Spider-Man make an appearance? I I think so. I think if if yeah. <clears throat> she had a role similar in scale to the one he had in this, I oh, think yeah, that totally absolutely. works. Uh, and I like you said, yeah. Like I said before, I, I did not expect him to return, and they I kind of thought they would leave it as more of like a one night stand or whatever. But no, this I mean I, I feel like they wouldn't have I feel like they wouldn't have put him in there, right? I mean, have a dinner with her family and all if they didn't intend for this to go somewhere. Just I mean, first episode of his show is like, yeah, that that lawyer in LA I broke up with. Yeah, <laughs> I threw exactly. I suppose they could also just do that, but I, I don't know. I'm leaning towards that. Uh, that they're yeah, this will continue to be a thing. Should be neat. Mm-hmm be fun i enjoy as much as i like um daredevil's like relationship with electra in the show i think they do that pretty well in in season two of the daredevil show there and like uh, an element of his character is that he's always having like rough relationships and stuff whether it's like electra or karen page or whatever um yeah i also think this is neat you may as well just go for it absolutely also like the whole thing is that his relationship with electra is kind of uh it's usually pretty toxic so as much as they like each other, they're not really good for each other kind of type scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so self-destructive and codependent and all that. Yeah, it might be a little more healthy. So, I don't know. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we've we've definitely seen that. You don't need to put it on screen. If you're interested, if you're super invested <clears throat> in Daredevil and Elektra as like a couple or whatever, the, I mean, as we always are fond of saying, you can read the comic books. And, yeah. yeah, or watch the show. Yeah, exactly. Or this is like a totally novel thing. I don't think we, we talked about it last week, right? I don't think they've mm-hmm. ever gone this direction with them in the comics with Matt Murdock and uh, She-Hulk there, Jeffrey Walters. So I think it's cool. I think it, you may as well give it a give it a go. Yeah, give her a swing. Uh, so got anything else to say? I think that pretty much covers it for me for this episode. Yeah, I think so. So it's sad to see what other shows come next. See what they do with She-Hulk later on, and it's one of a uh, pretty solid Marvel show. We'll, we'll rank it. We won't rank it because we'll just do that at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I would. So we, I would be pleasantly. I would be pleased, I guess, if they continued to do stuff like this. That's just a little different for the sake of it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's take a talk out of that into House of the Dragon, episode eight. Uh, Lord of Driftmark, I think, is the title of this episode. I think it's Lord of the, Lord of the Tides. Oh, damn. Yeah. I was close. I'm, I'm in the same ballpark. You are pretty close, but close only counts. Yeah, so, grenades and horseshoes, yeah. Well, and uh, podcast titles. Episode titles. Um, so this episode, the main like conflict is that Lord Colas has been injured at sea. He's like fighting the tri- Trinity and the Stepstones and all that. They've come back and he's suffered a grave injury, and they don't know if he's going to be alive when he gets back. Uh, so the thing. So his brother, whose name I don't remember, 
Vaymond. is talking to Vaymond. Mm-hmm. You say his name is Vaymond? Yes. Okay. Vaymond is talking to Rainus, uh, who obviously is ruling in his stead about how like, all right, well, if he dies, I should get Driftmark. Like I'm his brother. I should get it. And she's like, well, no, it's going to go to um, Rhaenyra's kid, Luke. It's going to go to him. And he's like, mm, I don't think so. I'm going to go to the queen and talk to her about that. And so they do. So the whole thing they're building up to in this episode is they're going to hear like petitions about inheritance. So the case is obviously it's him versus uh, Lucerus. And the whole thing is that he's a bastard. So technically he's right. The thing is that he's actually right and Lucerus shouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. But we kind of want him to. And obviously Rhaenyra wants him to because it doesn't upset your family. And Allison doesn't want her because then if the brother becomes Lord of the Tides, they get a lot more power on the green side. So yeah. it's all that conflict. And then Varys is turning into a husk before their very eyes. Uh, yeah, he's really also, it's been six years. I forgot to say that. There's a time skip. Yeah, last big time skip. Everyone's older again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like you, you outlined it pretty well there. Like this, this conflict is interesting because we do know Vaymond is telling the truth and he's right. And though he's kind of abrasive about it and he's kind of a jerk to the characters that we also like, he, he's not really doing anything wrong. Uh, which makes yeah. for interesting. I and mean, again, it's like the you know it's been consistent the whole the whole show through is that like the morality in this show is kind of foggy and gray, um, and it's cool. It's cool to see it play out because again, he's 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 just right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in all sense of the word, uh, he's a bastard. You know, and not that that's necessarily like obviously it's all resting upon their you know value system and and the morality and all that they go with in this pseudo medieval setting here where like you know under modern um circumstances right mm-hmm. like, being a bastard isn't really a, even a thing <laughs> um yeah we don't even you wouldn't even call someone that especially in this day and age and so like you know it, it, with our modern value system you're like well he's kind of being a bit of a dick over nothing guys can't we just get along but you know mm-hmm. there's some genuine stuff at stake and like all that and and we you know we've been talking about it with with uh What's his name there? With Lanor and, and the stuff he was doing and how it affected him, like especially before last week when, when they had that kind of heart to heart and you and we got the full picture of it. Uh, but it was like yeah. I don't know because I was I remember what I was like I wonder if even Lanor is kind of wishing that his bloodline was going on more properly. Um, but you know, as mm-hmm. we learned from last week, like they did try, he did his best. It's really not Rhaenyra's fault, right? Not that it's yeah, anyone's fault that he was gay and not interested in her, but. It's definitely not Rhaenyra's fault, <laughs> you know? No, no. Um, so him going so far as to, like, call her a whore and stuff is is definitely not cool. That's kind of over the line. line. Um, so I don't know. It's it's great. So Lee said, Viserys is, is really, he's really ailing. It's just, he's just falling apart. Oh, yeah. He's skin infection thing he's had for years now. It's just eating away at him slowly. This is what people um, who don't know, like, what, averages are think what happens when you turn 52 in medieval times that's right <laughs> he's only 52 but it's like oh this is what happens because you'd be like 100 then it's like well no he's dying of an infection he's had some this issue for literally decades at this point because since the beginning yeah. of the show it's like it was episode two right that his fingers were, or was that three that he is yeah, two or three stuff so <clears throat> uh and they're like going to see him and he's all he's all drugged up and addled with milk of the poppy there. They introduced mm-hmm. to um Damon and Rhaenyra's two kids who are Viserys and Aegon. Aegon. Oh my god, they gotta stop naming their fucking kids this. Yeah. She did it on purpose though. Well yeah. 
probably is. Curry favor. Yeah. Uh, we got, I mean, I, I'm, we're jumping all over the timeline wise, but in the beginning of the episode, you know, they have been living on uh, Dragonstone, right? The whole time since last week. Um, and we get this scene of, what's his name? Jace. No, uh, Damon. He goes oh, into Damon the, Bradford. goes into the dragon lair or whatever, and he gets an egg for their, their, their upcoming kid. Cause they got another kid on the way. Um, and yeah, Jace is learning uh, Targaryen, which is cool. Targaryen, whatever it is. Valyrian. Valyrian. Valyrian, which is neat. Um, it's cool stuff. They seem to have a, a pretty functional uh, sort of blended family unit there for the most part. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is nice. Uh, they get a, well, as it turns out, uh, Damon's kids get along quite well with her kids. Um, so that's cool. They're having a good time. They all come to come to King's Landing and they're not very well received. Um, yeah. In the in the intervening six years, I guess as a result, like a response to what she did last episode, where Allison went kind of lost her cool for a minute there and got all violent, she's she's kind of uh, gone to the faith, born, right? Yeah, born again in a way. Exactly, she's a bit of a born again now, and they got the faith symbols everywhere and all this shit, um, which is not really a thing the Targaryens are into at all. So it's weird in the in the court of you know technically still a Targaryen king, but. Alicent has been chilling on the throne basically the whole time in her absence. She's she's ruling in his name pretty much, um, mm. which is not great. Era is it? It's not great no, for that kind of things. But she's got so much power because um, basically just her and Otto get to do whatever the hell they want now, which is not not ideal. Mm-mm. And uh, when they're hearing the what is it? They get to the meeting, whatever, and then they oh, get their case. That, I got one oh, before that. Um, yeah. Aegon continues to be horrible and creepy. Um, yes. But now he's like an adult, so it's actually quite bad. And uh, there's a scene where uh, Servant Curl is uh, like distraught over what he's done to her. We don't really get a full picture of what exactly that may have been, but he clearly sexually assaulted her in some form of fashion. Um, and Allison has to like comfort her and like basically ensure her silence. Um, overall, not a horrible scene. I f- I was worried the whole time it was going to go much worse. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. I'm like, all right, when's she going to like snap and like kill her or something? I was going to kill this one or something, but she doesn't. They just give her money and she gives her like a whatever one of those like teas. Gives her that that Plan B tea and uh, yeah, birth control tea. Sends her on her way, I guess. So I guess it's not the horrible. I mean, not that she would have. Obviously, it's it's pretty bad that she had to go through that. But I, w- I was worried that they were going to like. Well, we we just got to kill her now. Uh, you can't let her leave. You gotta, you gotta keep doing it. And we have another, the second time this this <laughs> show that she storms into her son's bedroom while he's naked and just really harasses him. Just <laughs> uh, hassles out of him. A real, real piece of shit. Um, he's playing all dumb. He's a real asshole. It's very, they're real, real Cersei Joffrey vibes from from these two, huh? Oh, absolutely. Um, and he's like, he gets all teary, which I don't. Jack, I don't buy. All right, I don't. I don't buy his bullshit. Where he's like, "Oh, I tried. It's not good enough for you and Dad." And you're like, "And I'm like, I f- I know that's not true because your Dad doesn't give a shit about anything. He's like the most ineffectual dude ever." Yeah, he only he cares just, about his daughter. He's fast about. <laughs> he's just chilled. I I refuse to believe he was ever too harsh on you ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, your brother lost an eye, and he was like, "Well, you know, we've made mistakes, and you know, let's we've kiss and make up." Let's shake hands, fellas, and call it a day. Yeah. Like it's not. Let's, let's let's see. We're all we're all under. Per- you know, you all make mistakes, and everybody has those days, and we'll move on. It's clearly not the type of man he is. So 
I don't buy. He's just making excuses, I feel. Um, not that there hasn't been pressure on him. And you can't, it's probably, you, you gotta, you do gotta take into account that his whole life, his mom's been hyping up how, how much his sister's gonna kill him or whatever. And that would do a kill number. Kill him and everyone he knows. Yeah, that would do a number on you, I guess. Um, and he, he still doesn't really want to be king, does he? So No. I feel like eventually you just be like, I don't know, man. It's been 16 years since you told me that the first time. Is it going to happen? <laughs> I feel yeah, like exactly. if it, it would have happened already, she was really that serious about it. Right. But, you know, people, people got their machinations. Uh, so they after I think after this, they do the they hear. Oh, no. Not even that. There's another thing. Uh, Rhaenyra talks to Rhaenys and is mm-hmm. like, hey, thanks for taking care of my daughter as a ward for a bit for the last six years. How about you be on my side for this? Even though I'm in the wrong and we kind of both know I'm in the wrong, uh, just be on my side. And we're going to have my sons marry, you know, your daughter's son, daughters. So, you know, everything kind of stays in the family and, you know, your bloodline still mm-hmm. keeps going. We're all going to, we're all going to be fine. Well, she her big thing is, thing is that after the events of last week, she's convinced that uh that Rhaenyra and, and Damon orchestrated Lena Lenor's death, which is oh yeah in a in a very real sense also true. <laughs> also true. It makes me wonder, you know, after because again this is a kind of a departure from the books, at least from what we we can understand. Um it does it does make you wonder a bit why they didn't just let them in on it. I guess it's too many secrets. It like you know, less people know yeah. the better and you just can't be sure how they would have reacted. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Corliss is not the type of dude to take well to that. He probably would have been like, no, it's your duty. You got to stay here. You can't just like do this to get out of it. That's bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess that's why. But you're like, man, it would be easier if they could, huh? If they could just tell her. Yeah, just you know, be like, All right, here's, here's the plan. Your son's gone, but he's he's still alive. He did it on purpose. He's just he's just having fun. Don't even worry about him. He's just having a chill time. So he just didn't. He just kind of was sick of this. So it's all cool, though. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so and her alliances seem seem kind of uh it's un un, un unsure, right? Mm-hmm. So then they get to the hearing thing, and and uh, Allison's ready to start passing judgment on it. But our boy Viserys gets out there, and he uh he he decides to do it himself for the first time in seemingly a good long while. He, oh, yeah. oh, and he refuses the the milk of the poppy so that he's you know he's clear and uh, present. Yeah, present. Um, which, oh, I, there's also this, gosh, there's all kind of scenes, huh? Cause there's this scene where Rhaenyra is talking to him and she's like, I thought I wanted to be queen. I really don't know, man. It's so hard. This is a real struggle. Like there's so much, you know, all this conflict and discord. It's tough. It's, it's a lot. And you're the one who put this on me basically. And you are, I feel like you're not doing enough to actually support me because if you want to support me, you should. And because she's, she's worried. She, I mean, they all can see the writing on the wall that like her, her, um, Ascension, like, you know, stands to tear the realm apart. Like, it's, and it's imminent because he's in such poor health that it's going to happen. And she, yeah, she's, you know, astute enough to observe that it's going to erupt into war, basically. And she's like, oh, yeah. you're the king. You're still here for now. Why don't you weigh in while you're still around to, to really, you know, solidify this so that everyone knows what's up and we don't have to, you know, be so worried about it. And so he, he does. He shows up and he's, and he's passing judgment. Yeah, there's a, there's a scene where he's like trying to get up on the throne, and he like falls, and Damon helps him up, helps and like puts a crown on his head. He says, "You dropped this, King." Yeah, he yeah. gave him his crown. King, you dropped this, <laughs> literally, uh, which is nice. He, I guess they're they. It's kind of the only scene of it, but I suppose they've patched up their differences, huh? 
Maybe he patched up or so much as Damon's like, Jesus Christ, man, my brother's about to die. Like he's yeah. he's dying in front of me. It's tough with Damon, it really is. I, I I feel like I still don't have like a great read on him, you know? Yeah. We've talked about before, like his he does seem to have, if if any, one redeeming feature in that he seems to care for his family for the most part, be that Nero or his brother on occasion at least. Even though he also yeah. can be kind of a, a real shit about his brother too. Um, so I, I like to believe that at this moment, he he felt some genuine compassion to his brother and was like, come on, buddy. So Vaymond brings yeah, it up and they're all like, well, what's the deal, Vaymond? We we all know who it is. Unless you're unless you're trying to say something that you got to say here. Uh, what's what gives? huh? Why do you think you sh- should skip over the, the line of succession here? Like you're going to say it, say it. And Damon even eggs him on, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah. You notice there's this very like very slight scene where. Uh, Rainier gives almost didn't like imperceptible nod to Damon. I've seen, I didn't see it when I first watched it, but then I just like a bunch of people, there's like, yeah, just, yeah. like a yeah, screen videos of it, saw the clip of it, which is cool. Yeah. And so he's like, Go on, say it, say it as as we're fond of saying, Jack. If you're if you're gonna be about it, be about it, yeah, be about it. And Damon's like, All right, you know what? Uh, because because uh, Rainier does come in to back back her up there, uh, but she also throws in, she she you know ties her solidly to her earlier, uh, proposition she doesn't give her any chance to get out of that which is you know good on her as she should so she's like oh no i'm on rhaenyra's side and and our kids are getting married that's a thing that's a total thing she told me so that's the thing we are totally doing and everyone here yeah, heard we, that. we have to do it now you all heard her y'all heard me say that she said it so um but then vam is just like no nah, her kids are bastards and she's a whore and then even um viserys god god bless him was like gets all riled up and he pulls his dagger as if he's gonna do really anything but he's like i'm gonna cut yeah. your tongue out uh, which is as we've said this whole season, this whole series through, pretty much the only time that uh, Viserys really gets like that is to defend his daughter, his mm-hmm. his very most favorite child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's not it's not it's a non-issue really, because um, yeah, old mate Damon just swipes that dome clean off, huh? Oh, that's a it shocked me. I like jumped like whoa. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember this explicitly from the book. It's in there, you know. Again, the thing you got to remember is that like so much of this stuff that's happened in this season are like couple sentences. Uh, <laughs> but this does happen in the book that uh, Damon cuts his head off because of this conflict, and they feed him to the dragon. Actually, in the book, I don't know if that oh, is. They, <laughs> they don't prepare his body to go home. They just like get rid no, of him. No, they feed him to Caraxes. So, <laughs> no, nah, but that that kind of settles it, um, and uh, it's all cool. So then we get to have a nice family dinner. Oh yeah, nice family dinner. Viserys is like, I'd like to hang out with all my family at a nice dinner. Could we do that? Yeah. For one night, can we just eat in peace? We just eat in peace. We'll have a good time. Like an, he was like an impassioned speech. He's like, "Please, like, come on, guys, we have to do this." For once, I'm gonna actually like plead. Like, it's it's not. It, he tries to make it seem like a decree at first, and then he just like goes to like, "Please, if you're not gonna do it for the kingdom, just do it for me." Like, look at me, and he like takes off his mask, and we see like, because before it just bandaged up. We don't know how bad it is, but his whole eye is gone. It's an empty socket. His face is like falling off on the mm-hmm. one side. Like he's done. Like his teeth, most of his teeth are gone. It's a, it's like, I'm, yeah, he turns a great performance on this. He really like, and I, they've been saying that pretty much all season, right? Like he, he definitely fleshes out between the writers and, and Petty um, Constantine here. They really, you know, make him a much more nuanced and fleshed out guy. Um, serious. He's not just a loser, and like, I suppose you could make the argument that someone more, um, you know, a little more decisive could have could have headed some of this stuff off at a pass. But overall, he's got you know 
I don't know. He's kind of he's trying, right? He's got everyone's yeah. best interest in hearts. He doesn't want this, uh, and he he is trying on some level to avoid it when he can. Um, yeah. And so yeah, he's just he's just like, can we just come on? There's no reason we have to all fight. Like, which is true. Again, like this whole the whole problem with this whole thing and the tragedy of it all is that it really is all kind of like manufactured. It's just like fear and this the fear and mistrust here is just breeding like the fear and the mistrust and the anger and the and it just keeps snow piling on until like it, there's only one way for it all to go right um, yeah fire and blood yeah fire and blood and you know so everyone after that everyone starts giving toasts they're like oh we promise at least at least for show here <laughs> we're gonna all pretend yeah. we like each other um there's a there's a nice moment uh when they're all eating after he gives a speech where like Alicent and Rhaenyra look at each other and they kind of share a moment and then like the dinner kind of ends with the 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 kids start to bicker them out. they they start to well in like old Rhaenyra gives that speech or she gives a right, yeah. toast to Alicent which is nice she's like the queen she's like you know what we got our differences or whatever but you really do seem to care about my dad and take good care of him so I gotta appreciate that about you thanks Alicent and she's like oh thanks Rhaenyra that was actually quite nice like, I appreciate you appreciated and then her son Jace there tries to be like listen sorry I cut your eye out basically oh no he didn't cut the eye did he Luke did. Luke did, but he's basically he's he's clearly trying to, uh, you know, mend fix that, mend, mend that that rift there. And he's like, my uncle's here. You guys, great. I hope we can be good good friends, good pals going forward, and work together and all this in the future. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be king, I'd love to have you guys around. Uh, but they're not not super receptive to that, are they? No, Amond, older Amond <laughs> looks like is it's got the oh shit. He's very clever with it. He gives a little speech, and he's like, "Oh, my nephews! Oh, how strong you are!" And the first time I didn't get it because I think they don't. And the he goes like, capitalize. He goes, "They're like you're my, you're brave and cool, and you're you're all super sick, and you're very strong, or whatever he says." <laughs> yeah, and he and obviously uh, he says it a couple times, and by the third time, they understand that he's not complimenting their strength. He's saying that obviously they're bastards. He's alluding to that. Obviously, he hasn't clearly. He hasn't let the loss of his eye go, which fair enough. Uh, fair play on his end to an extent, and then they all start going at it a little bit. Aegon mm -hmm. remains uh, weird and creepy for some reason. I don't know why he's gonna be like this. I just yeah. I guess growing up as a prince is just gonna do that. If Game of Thrones has taught us anything, you grow up as a prince. So there's only one way to turn out, apparently. Yeah, awful. <laughs> no one's ever told you no your whole life. You're just gonna you're just gonna be a real creepy shit. Um, because he's like hitting on his. What is what is what is she to him? I guess his first cousin. Um, he's like, hey, if you don't want to marry your other first cousin, you can marry me, your first cousin. And I'll show you what's what. <laughs> um, but then, like again, Jace tries to patch it up. It's not going great. That's weird. I did want to touch on that. So the 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 daughters, uh, Damon's daughters are getting married to Rhaenyra's sons there, right? So I was trying yeah. to think of all the ways that they're like related, and it's it's disastrous, Jay. It's upsetting. It's, 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 yeah, that's what I've heard. It's so much. So their parents were siblings, right? They both had one parent who was a sibling with each other. So that's, or at least on paper, obviously we know Lenor wasn't actually their dad, but still. So yeah. they are first cousins in that sense. They're also like Legally, second cousins because Rhaenyra is Damon's niece, right? So her yeah. kids are second cousins to him or something, or his kids are second cousins to her. I don't know. Whatever. You get it. They're also yeah, stepping now, so it's just that's just a whole bunch. It's just a whole lot of shit, isn't it? It's just too much. Um, also, uh, and their brothers, like the two, like Viserys and Aegon. Well, 
the other ones, rain the smaller ones, the young, the baby versions of them, I guess, the baby mm-hmm. ones are like their half siblings either way. And just, yeah. also, uh, Helena and Aegon did get married in the in the interim. Um, and I assume they have. We didn't see them, but I, they should have kids. Um, they mention them. She. Oh, they do. Oh, they do mention the kids. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Of course. She's like, where is where's the where's the servant he assaulted? They're supposed to dress the children. That's right. It's her children. Yep. Okay, there you go. So her kids I think they have three kids um at this point. Also, they talked about this week. There's supposed to be another um child of Alicent and Viserys. Um no. will be in the next season. They didn't forget about him. He's he's just at Old Town right now, basically. So he's kicking out. he's getting getting indoctrinated. Yeah, he's learning. Uh, I think he's he might be learning to be a maester or whatever. You know how it goes. That's where you go to study. It's yeah, like yeah. the only library in the kingdom or whatever. <laughs> the only place they can they can read books. Yeah, but uh, all right. See you, Grandma. Let's do. It. Oh. Yeah. So th- so then we have uh we have a we have a moment we have the sorry okay. we have um at the end of the dinner you know they they start they do that speech they start to bicker. Damon comes out, separates them. Everyone starts to go their separate ways, and then Allison and Rhaenyra have like like a genuine moment where Allison's like, "Hey, like, why don't you come live here and like stay with your dad till because he's gonna like obviously if we say the whole episode, everybody knows that he's about to die, and they're like, "Hey, why don't you come and we'll hang out and it'll be great." And they're like, "Yeah, I'd like that. I'll I gotta take everybody home. I'll go home with everybody, and then I'll get on my dragon and I'll fly back, and I'll be back as soon as I can." And it's like, cool. And I went, all right, cool. So this is the end of the whole show, right? Like, they patch it up, and nothing will go wrong ever again, it's I great. think. That's not. They, they've, great. They've, they're working on it, all right? There's still some bumps, yeah. but that'll be, but that's to be expected. They're on the path to recovery. That's right. On the path to, re- to you know, redemption here. It'll be swell. Yeah. But then uh, when that speech you mentioned earlier where, you know, um, Rhaenyra is saying, like, why don't you protect me because you're still alive? She also mentions that she's like, is it real? Like, is the song real? Like, is that a real thing that happened? Or did you just tell me that so I would be queen? Like, I need, I'm having doubts here. And Varys obviously is in and out and he's in pain, so doesn't remember. The last scene of the episode is he's in pain. He's in having an episode. He's like in agony. Um, Allison comes to help him and he continues that conversation thinking that Allison is Rhaenyra. And says, you know, Aegon's dream, he's the, pr- the prince that was promised. And he's like mum- muttering and Alicent focuses on the name of her son and five other people in her family. So, and then prince that was promised. So that like fucks everything. Everything basically just ruins the whole dinner, all the goodwill that maybe happened. Alicent's right yeah. back into her fear. She believes that Ferris went back on his word. Viserys went back on his word. And then he uh, is dead. He's, yeah, it's he's he dies after that moment. It's the last thing he ever says. Yeah, yeah, it's tough because yeah, he's basically saying like yeah, the 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 song is real, Aegon's dream, whatever, blah blah blah. Like the prince that was promised is going to be important, so that's why you need to rule the kingdom. That's why you need to be in charge. It's your line that's going to continue. It'll be sick. And in saying all that, he's he thinks he's talking to Rhaenyra and saying yes, Rhaenyra, you totally should be queen. That's that is my my wish. Um, but yeah, because he never says her her name, <laughs> and because Allison's one listening, she's like, "Oh, you do want that? All right, cool. Guess I'll go with that then." <laughs> um, which is tough. I don't know. I, I don't. I have sort of mixed feelings about this. Uh, this this choice here. So on the one hand, it certainly um goes a bit of a way to further like um like sympathize uh 
Allison has a character there, right? Like this gives her a really good reason, a, a pretty just re- like if she truly believes in her heart that Viserys wanted him to be king and that Viserys thought that was the best thing for the realm and that would you know make things most safe and prosperous and all that. That's a pretty good reason beyond just like personal ambition, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, credit credit where credit's due in that sense, but also it's in that in that same way it's kind of a cop out from the writers, right? To just be like, you know, basically remove some of the ambiguity and and chip away at just just a little bit of that moral like grayness there to just be like, "Oh well, no, she she actually just fully believes what she's doing is right. She's not even doing like, you know, she doesn't believe that what she's doing is necessary because it's what she has to do for her family kind of thing. She just straight up thinks that Viserys told her that's what to he do wanted. It. Yeah. Which, again, uh, makes it a little like more clear-cut in, in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe is necessary. Maybe, is, uh, again, there's not really anyone who's totally right or wrong in this show. So I guess that's fine. But it just takes away a little bit of her, her edge, I would say, as a character. Yeah. Just, like That she does this change at the end here to be like, well, I guess so. Um, it also is questionable to me that Alicent really would fully buy that. I think there's maybe, you know, going to be like a, she she's taken from it what she wants to hear kind of thing. Yeah, she hears what she wants to. She never, she's not really, like her at the dinner isn't totally convinced. Because one of, one of Viserys' last, yeah, like coherent, f- full acts, right, as a dude, was to go out there and defend his daughter and, and reaffirm that, that stance, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that when he's high on his literal deathbed and she's like, this is probably his, his, you know, clear thoughts. I'm sure I'm not misinterpreting body and mind. He's, he's totally of sound body and mind here. I'm sure I'm interpreting his, his weird ramblings that I don't actually understand at all. I'm sure this is, this is exactly what the deal is. So, you know, there is depth to it. Nolan. don't get me wrong, but it's, it's just, it's a little bit simple, I guess, to mm-hmm. have just a scene where it's like, Oh, it's all a big misunderstanding. Oh, it could have gone anywhere. Who, who knows what to think? I guess they're both kind of right. It's like, I don't know. You, we probably didn't need a, a scene like that. Yeah, I think maybe it could have been like, I don't know if it would have been better or worse if they hadn't shown this like as it happened. Like it was like a flashback. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of see a little bit. We don't actually see what he says. And then what something she said made it like change. And then we see it later on. It's revealed. But even then, I think the same event happens where it's like, well, that feels like a cop out. Maybe even later on because they yeah. didn't they like retroactively change it. So really what it comes down to is like I don't feel like we needed this scene to know why Allison's gonna do the thing she's gonna do, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like if they'd left this out next episode, I'd be like, wait, Allison's not supporting Raniero? Wait, why is it but what happened? <laughs> what could possibly be the cause of that? Like, you know, this whole season has been that. So I don't know. That's kind of just my thought on it a little a little bit. I definitely see where you're coming from with that. And it's not horrible or right. anything, and and we'll, but your but our episode our predictions didn't come true. We predicted that Varys had one more episode left in him. He's going to die next episode. I kind of yeah, uh, I kind of thought like very beginning of next episode though. To be fair, I didn't think it was going to be like a fin- like an end of next week. So this kind of right. more or less still tracks with where same difference. Was, yeah, with where I was anticipating this would kind of be. Yeah, I can I can see that, but yeah, I'm like. I mean, obviously, the show. Very excited for next week. I've been seeing a lot of stuff recently, right at right at the end here before we switch into Andor. Um, that George R. R. Martin has come out and said that they would need four seasons of ten episodes to properly tell the Dance of Dragons. So maybe that'll that'll be what we get. Yeah, sorry, <clears throat> sorry, Jack. That's all right. Um, what are you saying? You're saying that 
the George R. R. Martin. Thing? I was saying that uh, I'll just repeat what I said. That I've seen, been seeing that uh, George R. R. Martin has come out and said that uh, they need four seasons of ten episodes each to properly tell the whole storyline of the Dance with Dragons, Dance yeah. of Dragons. Did we talk about so, that? Uh, Did we not? I think we talked about like I think it was vague then. I think okay. if we mentioned it last week, it was like uh, three or four, and we're like, yeah. how many could we do? But now I think it's like George R. R. Martin definitively saying it's this many, this many episodes, like. Ba, ba, ba. So I mean, it's very interesting. Um, just yeah. given that, like the production time on this show, uh, I don't know if we've said this, but we're not supposed to get season two until 2024. Um, so Which if they keep awful. up that tempo, there, it, it'll take them eight years to get through just this. And then there's all there's all these rumblings like they could make this into a anthology and cover all all kinds of other eras of of Targaryen history. Which you know, I. I think we kind of addressed like that's probably why they called it house of the dragon because it keeps it vague in that way uh but i don't yeah i don't know i think this is one of the most interesting eras of it and it's also the era that he fleshed out by far the most right that he has oh, the definitely most direct writing on and has the most detail and drama and, and and you know stuff to it so i don't know if they wanted to do like an aegon's conquest season or something they could certainly do that um, oh, absolutely but it'd be weird. I guess it'd just be out of order. Yeah. Or they could do stuff after this or whatever. But I mean, this is kind of the most cinematic, interesting one. I mean, it's the Dance of the Dragons, right? Like this is what this is the one that has all the dragons. And as anyone who uh, has seen Game of Thrones will know, because they talk about it quite a bit. After this, uh, there's uh, there's somewhat less dragons to to be about. So <laughs> less dancing dragons for sure. So yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. He did say though that like he's not he's not overly concerned with it that the showrunner for the show here is working on season two and he's working on the books he's working heavy on the books guys he promises his main oh, priority how, is the books how much you want to bet we're going to get through all four seasons of the show and we're not going to have wins a winner i don't know i still my only thing that and i've i've said this to you before i think right in some form or fashion that i think if anything he might be doing some kind of weird misdirect thing where if or when they do come it might be like they're both done at the same time or something. And that's what's been taking as long. He's just like, I didn't want to deal with it. So I actually wrote them both together in secret. And now you can all leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, there. I never have to do. But yeah, I maybe. Know. I really don't know what his deal is. Uh, but yeah, that's. I saw this week he said that uh, he was a big fan of, uh, of the show in general. He's really enjoying it. He said that Apparently he texted Patty Constantine to tell him that his version of Viserys is way better than the one that he put in the book, which is cool. Um, yeah, I, th I think like I think the highest praise you could get for something like that. I mean, yeah, you can't really, you can't do much better than that. If the guy who invented the guy says you did a better version of the guy than he did. That's that's all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be real real smooth sailing next week. I can't imagine anything yeah. poorly happening. No problems on this end, I think. I think we'll be all right, right? We'll just all yeah. we'll have a nice funeral where they'll honor, honor his memory, and then they'll they'll get to work creating a unified, you know, under uh, under Rhaenyra, and they're all they'll get together and they'll they'll really, you know, probably do some projects to help the poor people and 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 like uplift the the forgotten and and outcast members of their society. Probably probably really set set to uh, improving the the you know gender role situation in Westeros. I think. I I would hope equal really, play and all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really help out women here. Get get a get a more feminist slant to uh to Westerosi society. That's probably all. That's probably what we're dealing with on the horizon here. I would say. It's yeah, just a real, three seasons of progressive. Of just Renera. Yeah, exactly. Renera being like a real good progressive, like 
leader, getting some good social reforms going and being a good, a good, nice, uh, uh, magnanimous and, and, and noble queen. So look forward Absolutely. to that, guys. Next week. Ooh. I'm looking forward to it. So let's take a take out of that into Andor episode six. That's halfway right. through. That's right. Um, oh, boy. Here we go. Heisen again, I think. It's called the eye. The eye. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah, we do. They do the heist. They and... do the heist they've been building towards here for three weeks. They do it. And it's it was a good what a, what a heist it is, Jack. It oh, really yeah. is a full on movie style heist. It's just a good good time. Oh yeah, uh, I liked the just all, all of it was really good. Um, but cl- classically, like the heist, just things go wrong because obviously the plan can't go one hundred percent right. So no, how do we start? It starts with them. Well, so all the people, have- all the people are showing up for the eye. All the all the right. locals, the uh, the villagers, um, the who they call. What do they call them? Donnies? I think they just called them Donnie, right? The Donnies, yeah. Donnie people. So they've arrived, and we have this uh, sequence with these couple new characters. So we have the commandant of the of the facility here, and we have that Imperial Engineer guy who we've been talking about. We're discussing it, and it's a very classic, like, imperialist uh, mindset, isn't it? Just, just straight out of, like, the 19th century British Empire or something. We're just like, these savages, they don't even know anything! <laughs> yeah. We do the pelt ceremony and we throw it in the trash later. We give them a dirty, smelly pelt and they give us everything because they don't know what they do. We traded beads for all of Manhattan. Ha, 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 ha. Um, really doing some of that. Uh, and he's like, it's sick. They don't even know that this is the last time we're going to do it and then we're going to get rid of them all and we're just going to build a real sick casino here. It's going to be sweet. Um, and uh, he's a dick, basically. This commandant guy is a real piece of work. Just your classic kind of imperial. I'd say um, kind of middle of the road in terms of like his actual like whatever uh, how sinister he really is, I suppose, because he's not like mustache twirly again, as with a lot of a lot of the characters in this show. Right. Um, But he definitely is very much, you know, very much a a part of the whole system. And he's and he is a a real, uh, you know, seems to be a party line kind of imperial guy who's just like, yeah, screw the locals and this and that. So Mm -hmm. that's enough. And but so then we see them all getting there, and they're all the all the logos showing up. Oh, and they talk about how like they've set up uh, basically like little little taverns and stuff along the path to to like basically leech people off of the group as they go, so that even less show up because they all get like drunk or sleepy or whatever, and they just hang out at the yeah. imperial set up uh, places instead. Um, which is great. I mean, it's it's a there's a powerful message to it. I think, right? I mean, this isn't. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's probably it's not, not, it's not like fours. They don't like they don't like the military might yet. They just like like bread and circus kind of thing. They're like, oh, here's all this nice stuff to yeah. distract you from like what we're actually doing. Well, the interesting thing about I was gonna say it's like an allegory, but it's really it, it's barely even an allegory, is it? It's just no, kind man. of thing. this is literally just an imperial like force impressing an indigenous people. I mean, it's not even <laughs> allegorical. It's, it's just be pretty up and down about it. That's what's happening in this episode. Um, which again is like it continues to be kind of a theme of this series is like the the way the the empire interacts with the people of the galaxy, um, and so we, we got our plan in motion. So uh, the the crew are gonna sneak in um, in in their uniform, and then they just kind of like show up and and blend in with the rest of the guys who are, are guarding it. Right. Oh, we, before that, we have a nice mm-hmm. conversation between Nemec and um, Cassian, where Nemec is trying to like rationalize. How Cassian fits into his his uh, his like ideological framework, right? Because he's this, you know, yeah. and he's like the philosopher, and he's got all these political musing, and he's very like idealistic about it all. But he's like, all right, you're here, 
you're helping us, but you're a mercenary. How does that fit in with my whole view? And he's like, well, I guess we need you, right? I guess you have a role to play in this. In this, If you're going to help, then I guess we can't really... We're not in a position to turn it down. Um, if the Empire will use whatever means are necessary, how can we do anything less and hope to beat them? So if we have to take in and use mercenaries who don't believe in the cause, that's that's what we'll do. Um, yeah. And he's like, listen, man, you'll be all right. You'll, you'll get out of this, promise. I cast you at our pinky promise. It'll be fine. And I'll be able to read your manifesto later, buddy. It'll be sweet. You'll you'll go well. Um, but they do have kind of a difference of opinion here where he's like, they're going to see Cassian. Like, they're after today, they'll see. And Cassian's like, they don't have to see, though. And that's the thing you, you fail to, like, realize about the Empire, at least from his perspective, is that they are so big that they don't actually have to do anything. Um, even yeah, something they can like this. up to a loss. Yeah, even something like this may not be big enough to get their attention. Um, they they don't have to learn. They don't have to adapt. They don't have to change to meet anyone because there's no one who can meet them. Um, and he's like, nah, they'll see after today. Like, this will be big enough. And then Cassian's like, yeah, maybe, but you might want to be careful what you wish for in that sense because mm. maybe they will notice this. Um, so they, they get off to the mission. Uh, Val and, uh, what's her name, Dina? Cinta? Dina, Cinta, yeah. Center. whatever her name is um they've split off they do like a real fun like again i've, I've said this a couple times about the show but they do like a real james bond move isn't it where they get in like wetsuits and and go underwater right either mouth breathe just him very fun i enjoyed that Absolutely. Um, everyone else has fallen into place the commandant's got a kid who he doesn't he's kind of mean about um he's the kid he's too fat for his belt yeah he's too fat for his belt he's literally fat fat and satisfied that's he's really driving that metaphor home Hmm. Uh, his wife also doesn't care for him or at least doesn't care for their situation uh, which is again it's just interesting it's weird you know it's just cool that they went through the trouble of writing that right like did mm-hmm. they need the uh, the imperial commandant a family that has not like really yeah that has like sort of realistic family issues probably not uh but it's just interesting it's a, you know again not that it not that humanizing these people necessarily like excuses any of their stuff in any way it's just interesting that they're like okay he's got a he's just got a family life just just watch a couple minutes of this this guy's weird home life because why not mm-hmm. yeah um we have the meeting where uh they they let the donnie in and and lieutenant Khan talks to them um and the leader the chieftain guy seems to not care for him because of the the thing we learned last week where he had a relationship with a with a donnie woman who died under whatever circumstances so i'd imagine that guy blames him in some way and that's why he's not a big fan of him oh yeah um but then they they set it up so they're like all right you guys stay down here i'm gonna bring these guys with me back up to the back up to the base we'll you'll guard the commandant on our way back and so they do and they that's when it all kicks off they set the plan in motion fellas is struggling she's she's really nervous which i suppose understandable but then they mm-hmm. get moving, so they set the plan in motion. So the first part of the first stage of the plan is to take the uh, the commandant captive. So they get his ass and his wife. And with them. Yeah, which is interesting. There's been a lot of discourse around this and and the the morality of this. Once again, pretty gray, I would say. Um, people oh, yeah. take it a little too far. I gotta say, how, how did you feel about taking the kid captive? I feel like you gotta take the kid captive. I don't. Well, okay. Well, we'll get to this in a bit, but at least at first, they don't hurt him. They're not overly um, harsh to cool. him. So, you know, that's, that is what it is. Um, and, yeah. you know, uh, so uh, we'll see. 
but yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, this this goes to show you that the uh, the rebels are no better than the empire. And I'm like, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I don't think that's what no, they're trying to convey. Not at all. Uh, the rebel are still the rebels are still better than the I mean come on taking one kid captive is not it's not killing all the Jedi yeah it doesn't not bring them killing one kid is I don't know how you could watch the show and have like a scene six minutes earlier in the episode where the guy was like all those native people we fucked them all up right good <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're talking about an entire civilization you think maybe in that in that scenario any any kids got got uh swept up in the mix. I would say no, probably dozens, be. hundreds, hundreds of Donnie children were had thousands, maybe if if not outright killed, had their lives like irreparably changed and damaged. Like, come on, um, getting one imperial son, imperial guy's son, isn't necessarily doesn't make them fully. It's not a full trade, but again, it is. It is a little more gray than we usually see out of the rebels, which is it's just interesting. It just further cements it. So, so they need him to open the gate um, to lead into the safe. At first, they get up in the control room so that no one can raise an alarm. So they get all those guys captive, too. We get them all tied up. We leave Sinta up in the control room with them, with all the captives. Um, and uh, the rest of them go down to the vault, right? So they, they're trying to keep up the ruse for as long as they can. I'm just like, nah, this is, we're just here on official business. Don't even worry about that. Um, they, kidna- they, they take all the, all the engineer tech guys who had to stay down, right? In the, in the lower levels, mm-hmm. they, they make them move it all, all the, all the creds, but then one one uh, communications officer gets a little too a little too wise to the situation. He's a little too doing his job too well. A little too dutiful, isn't he, Jack? Couldn't we just yeah. get a lazy imperial for Christ's sake? Huh? Once for for goodness' sake. Most of these guys are losers. Why do we have to get one guy who cares about his job? Jeez, really? He really Jeez. threw a wrench in the work. So he gets his buddies, and he's like, "What's going on down here?" And then it's then it blasts off, doesn't it, Jack? Oh, and yeah, it really it goes totally to falls apart. Well, what did you think about all the credits? There's a lot of them, huh? Quite a lot There's of money. A lot of, I didn't. Yeah, like whole. I was like, they can take all that in a ship now, like in ten minutes. So I'm like, I guess you're only taking part of it. Yeah, they only got a, a section of it. Did you? Okay, so there's a there's. A, I saw multiple people talking about this week that they were surprised when they saw that's what it was. Um, which one I don't get because we saw all the big rows of credits last week. But beside mm-hmm. that, uh, apparently people thought that when um basically when luthan said that they were stealing an imperial payroll that they thought he meant basically like paperwork like the payroll i, I, I thought that as well he did I, okay truthfully I was, yeah because i was like are they gonna like are they gonna like steal a bunch of like the documents and release them to show the empire is like shitty and what they're spending money on like, yeah, yeah, a lot of people had that thought of like, oh, so they're going to release like, look at the Empire spending money on this and that. What's this secret project and stuff? I, I always just assumed they meant the money that they were going to pay everyone with. Like, I just thought it was yeah. a classic cash heist. So what I'm saying, Jack, is I'm basically I'm smarter than you and everyone else. Is smart. Hey, you know, fair yeah, enough. Sorry. When I saw it, when I saw the money, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. The pay. I don't know why they. Right? Yeah. I don't know why they need like mercenary casinator to steal like a document. Yeah, exactly. It's the which I guess it is phrased kind of strange, but yeah, they're stealing all the money that they were going to pay the whole sector with. Um, it is kind of weird when you think about it too, though. Like, what is the what is the logistics here? They just keep all the money in a big vault and then they ship it all out to every single whatever mm-hmm. imperial employee in the same at the same time or something. I don't know, but you just probably don't worry about it too much, I guess. 
Uh, but they started getting the money. And also, you know, we know that from a couple weeks ago, they have, they're having money problems. The, the fledgling rebellion is. So it's a win-win, you know? Steal money from them. Right, get, all their money. get money for yourself. That's bada-bing, bada-boom, baby. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Um, so they start loading it up. Uh, the eye begins. The, the Donnie people are, like, chanting. They're having a good good time with their, their celebration here, their traditional festival. Um Sinta changes. She changes into an imperial officer disguise, uh, which what's that about? Um, and then we start. They they really get. They really start loading it up. Um, Gorn Karn comes down and he's like, "Karn, it was you all along, but my lieutenant, my lieutenant. Oh my goodness! How could you? How could you have betrayed me? You're not a horrible fascist like the rest of us. You, you grew a conscience. Oh, what the, That's what lame. the fuck, you loser? That's lame, bro." And another mention to hanging, doesn't it? Because he says you'll hang for this. Yeah, they love. I love it. I guess the Empire loves hanging. I didn't know they. Tony was... Gilroy. Lo- I think Tony Gilroy loves hanging. Again, it's it's Star Wars times. You think there's much more efficient ways of of doing an execution? Yeah, just shoot him with a big laser cannon. With a big laser. There's that guy who has a. There's the stormtrooper who have the the laser axes and the Last Jedi or the Rise. Yeah, no, the Last Jedi. Yeah, those, those executioner guys. There's concept art in, um, I think, for um, Duel of the Fates for like a laser guillotine. I'm fairly sure. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, cool. But no, they, they just use have... those those like incineration bolts that the that Mando uses. Sure, just disintegrate you. That'd get that yeah. good. But no, turns out they just uh, get the rope, just hang you with rope. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I guess. But uh, the battle kicks off, doesn't it, Jay? The shooting starts yeah, they, as always in the heist. You can't you can't actually get out without some some fire exchange, can you? No, no, of course not. And uh, fortunately, this is when this is when our teammates start start dropping, huh? Um, so yeah. well, first and first, the first casualty is the commandant who just has a heart attack because he hasn't had to really do an honest day's work in <laughs> I don't know ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably decade, probably ever in his life. And he can't push a metal and just has a heart attack. And he's like probably in his 50s or 60s. Oh, I, I forgot to mention that there is the part where when they're taking everyone captive, um, they do just shoot that Imperial Engineer. So they got his ass. Um, but yeah. my little theory from last week that like Cinta and Vel were on a particular mission to assassinate that guy because he was someone of import. Not really the case, is it? So no. Unfortunately, that's our previously, I believe, spotless record of, of 100 bars. As I know. Yeah, is, is slightly tainted, but I, I mean, they killed him anyways, so I think we just call that a win regardless, you know? He is assassinated. So, so like, I, I think we actually just maintain a, a perfect score. Perfect there. record. Batting a thousand is what I'm saying, so. Oh, incredible. Uh, but we start dropping. Karn gets one, and he just kind of dies pretty unceremoniously, really. Like, not, not much yeah, pomp. I didn't notice he died until he got on the ship, and I was like, oh, where's, where's the other guy? Not much pomp and or circumstance to that. He's just deceased. Um, and same with... Uh, ooh, there's a little bit more lingering to it, but is it, what's his name? Terravin? Um, yeah, the guy who was a stormtrooper. Yeah, the, find out. the leader. Terramin, that's his name. The, the leader. Terramin. The field leader guy. He gets he gets shot um, because um, Screen does a really poor job uh, covering him for some reason. I don't know what that's about. What, yeah. I don't know what could be at play there, but... Um, and then they, they make their escape, basically. The remaining... Uh, Guys here, which is just ends up being Cassian, Vel, and uh, Nemec. They make it onto their ship, and Cassian launches it. Oh, and Skeen, of course. Sorry, Skeen and, as well. Uh, and they take off. They get moving. They do the uh, 
the thing they said they're going to, and the eye begins. The, the eye, it's real pretty. It's real cool. It was very nice. It was my friend. I my friend watched it before I did, and he told me that like he was very impressed by how it looked, and I agree. Like it looked it was very spect- very visually spectacular. Yeah, I think so. We see the Tie Fighters take off. They launch from the from the airbase, just like they said they would, um, which is cool. We see. I think maybe the first time we've seen stormtroopers in this show because there's some stormtroopers on the in that area. Oh yeah. Um, and we see the Tie Pilots get in, which is cool. It is weird. I, I've always thought it's funny about uh, Tie Fighters. Is that they really are kind of a hassle to get in, aren't they? Because you got to get up yeah, on the top, which, like in a lot of scenarios, would be a real hassle. That's why they had to give Moff Gideon a special, newly designed one because they're like, "There's no way to do this and make it look cool." So they just, if you remember, they gave him one where the wings just folded. Yes. So that he could just kind of step know. out more normally instead of having, I don't know, get a big ladder or something. I don't even know how you're supposed to get into there. <laughs> I'm coming, man. Though. And then Cassian tells them to hold on, and none of them hold on, and Nemec gets smushed by one of the big crates of money. Um, yeah. Really badly. He's like, his spine is paralyzed, crushed. He's paralyzed, which is not, really not great uh, for our boy. Um, mm-hmm. Who would have thought that the, that the most idealistic among them would have sustained the youngest. Such, such an injury? It's not, it's not really believable to me. I can't even wrap my head around no, it. I, not how I'd read a story, personally. Um... But they need him to navigate because he's got his little nav navigation box thing. But they they pull it out, they figure it out, and they and they uh they make it. They make it through the pretty the pretty show, um pretty light. All uh, the the tie fighters get smashed, and they they make their great escape. Um, and they just leave uh Cinta behind, as it turns out. Right? Yeah. So they make it out of there, and then we see we do see that Cinta um makes it out in her imperial disguise and kind of makes for something presumably just back to their camp i would think but mm-hmm. they kind of knew that like they needed someone in the in the control room but the the timeline of the mission here wasn't going to work out to have her make it to their everybody on the ship yeah so she just has to make an exfil separately she'll just sneak out in disguise and then just make her just make her exit and uh, you know slip into the night unnoticed presumably so um the question there jack is uh Basically, what do we think happened to the captives? Uh, I think they probably just got... F- oh, no. No, I, I think she might have killed them. That's that's the discussion yeah, I was that's gonna, about. Because I was thinking, I always had the thought. I almost said, well, well, she wouldn't execute them. But I forgot this show begins with uh, Andor having to execute someone to keep his keep himself safe. Right. So, And um, as she's I, about it. Cinta, as, um, as Skeen points out, last week right she is what does he say she's like tough the toughest one there right she's like stone cold and and whatever so uh, if she's the toughest one she's the most hardcore of them all maybe she's the one they would go to to do a bit of a a bit of summary yeah maybe maybe she's who they'd go to to do a bit of a summary execution maybe yeah um i don't know it's it's interesting because as i pointed out before right she changes in front of them so yeah, I was I was thinking about that. I go well, yeah. She can't like slip in because it'd be like, well, I I know what you look like. You can't just leave. She's yeah. She compromised her own disguise. I mean, maybe the timing just works that she's like, well, if I just leave them tied up here, I should have enough time to get away regardless. Maybe, maybe not. Um, maybe. we'll yeah. definitely find out next episode. I think. right. I think I, no, I I would definitely say so. Isn't that interesting though? I kind of didn't fully yeah. consider that until I saw some people talking about. It. I'm like, oh, she she might have yeah, killed man. those people on her way out. That's so- so dark isn't it Ooh, for star wars, it's so weird hearing them for star wars to be like yeah i guess i gotta kill you now hostages you i can't let you live i guess i the ostensible 
hero of this piece needs to do uh do a bit of hostage execution one of Yikes. yeah including uh the wife and child the total non-combatant civilians in this situation yeah crazy right so we'll, like you said we'll see i think uh, but yeah so they get nemic to a doctor their doctor buddy whose name is um he's called like professor forehands or some shit <laughs> some star wars as name oh this is it he's called dr quad paw <laughs> <laughs> what a guy right <laughs> love him <laughs> What a fucking name! What a glub shit, uh, right? He's he's a glub shit. You know that guy's already someone's favorite. What a guy! Yeah, you know you ever know that guy was created to be the most background character in existence. Like we need a forearmed guy. Call him a quad paw. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's like, do you remember in in the Mandalorian they have Doctor Mandible? No, I don't remember Doctor Mandible. He's an ant. He's just a big ant. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Really? Oh no, I I I don't I just don't remember. Isn't the first season? This is in season two. He's in Tatooine. Well, oh, Tatooine. is playing like oh. playing Sabak or something with him. And no, I don't remember. It's, it's in the first episode when he's looking. It's not important, but he's called Doctor Mandible. He's just a big ant man. That's funny though. <laughs> That's like funny. a literal like ant, a human sized <laughs> ant. Um, so they're they're at this they're they're little like uh safe house situation where they're trying to get uh, Nemec fixed up and they're doing impromptu surgery on on our on our boy, and then Skeen is like Cassian. How do you feel about just taking the all the money and running? Is that something I could interest you in? Yeah. Hey, that's my line. I love that line. <laughs> Which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, last week he had his whole story about uh, his brother being killed by the Empire, and that's why he's he's so you know incredibly dedicated to the cause. But here he is, just wanting to wanting to take the money and run, Jack. Cut and run. And that doesn't feel very very. On brand for for someone who would be invested in the rebellion like that, not at all. But you know, opportunities. You know, opportunities arise. Again, I suppose you have to. You got to let him get the bag, I guess, or, or whatever. I mean, yeah, bread comes first. So yeah, but Cassian doesn't agree. Um, no, he, he, he shoots him, which probably the correct move. You can't kind of you can't let him live because it feels like. He probably he probably didn't actually want to share with Cassian either. No. A guy like that. Like, if he's gonna do a double cross, well surely he'll just do a triple cross, right? What's one more cross? What's one more cross? <laughs> if he's talking about all oh, no, I, you and I can make it and then we only have to split the money two ways, huh? You know, that, yeah, obviously he's thinking if I just kill Cassian after we get out, I only gotta split the money one way. One way. It's all for skiing. I can open a I can go be Nef- Hulu's the bear. <laughs> Ski it'll be called the skiing show. No more I won't be playing second fiddle to anyone when I got eighty million credits to my name. Um which is interesting. It's tough. It's tough, man. You can't right. trust anybody, it turns out, in this world. And he and he can't keep him alive because he can't be like, hey, he he told me he was going to kill you. And he's going to be like, well, no. I, I, why would I say that? Cassian's a, he won't even know his real name. So it's like, he's like, well, I got to kill you because you're going to, you're going to kill me if I leave you alive. 100%. He doesn't, and once again, for the second time this season, Cassian doesn't even let a dude finish a sentence before he, before he guns him down. Well, you can't let him, you can't let him get that pause. He's got to hit him when he's, when he's not at least expecting it. He draws down on Skeen and takes him out. Um. Just tough because you know they were all talking about oh can we trust Cassian where this guy come from clearly you didn't you didn't vet Skeen here properly because he just made up a bunch yeah. of shit about his brother <laughs> and 
and just uh, to get money. And you guys were just like, oh, sick. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds correct. Um, which is cool. It's one of those things where like he was the most suspicious of Cassian, and it's probably because he he also wasn't in it. I had for the same time. idea. Yeah, he was really. He was like, oh, "Who's this guy coming in, getting in on my, getting on my plan?" This guy also is just gonna steal the money and run. I bet. Yeah. Uh, so then, um, then he goes in and he's like, "Hey, he tried to kill you." And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "All right, I'm dipping. I'm taking your. Sh- I'm taking this guy's ship from the barn. I'm taking old quad paws, and I'm bouncing. I'm taking the money." Taking the money that Luthen promised me, and I'm gonna head out. Um, okay. history, I didn't expect them to leave on such like hostile terms here. Basically, gets out at gunpoint. Um, it's interesting to me. Like I said, I, I just, I guess I just didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, I don't. I think these guys could easily go the way of uh, our Ferrex characters, and that maybe they're in this arc, and we don't see much of these people again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like cut back once or twice, like we've done with Ferric. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Like, like we haven't seen we haven't seen um, Bix again, right? We might not see Val oh, yeah. again. Um, but this is clearly very important thematically for for Cassian as a character here, um, because he she's like, all right, if you're gonna just leave, you're just go take the money and go. That's that's fine. Uh, but you should know, uh, Namek here, he wanted you to have this. He he made us he made me promise that I would give you his manifesto, and she does it. He and he takes his manifesto um, with him as he goes. Right? He's like, mm-hmm. you can have this crystal back. You can give that back to uh, Luthen when you see him. Luthen, now the job's done, and I guess I'll leave with this manifesto about idealistic rebel musings. We'll see how this will go for my. my yeah, I probably won't be influenced by this at all. <laughs> I'll probably uh, and then, read this and and become more inspired to to. Join with the cause. The cause. Uh, and then we have a little cut to Luthen, who's like um, in his shop, and somebody's like, got anything from, what was the planet? Oh, Aldani or something? Aldani? And he's like, oh, what? And he's like, oh, it's in the news. And then he's like, and then they just did a huge robbery, and then he's like, I'll check in the back, and he like, he's so relieved in the back, and he's laughing, but obviously he doesn't know like the true price of this. He probably thinks, oh, everybody got out. It was a success. I don't in reality, know. Three of them. Well, I guess he's Luthen. He's not really down. I think Luthen knows what's up. I think Luthen's probably. I think he knows. I mean, he wouldn't know exactly, but I yeah. feel like he's the type of dude. To, he, he, we've only seen him be quite pragmatic thus far, right? That's I gotta true. imagine he knows that they're not all making it out, and that's something he made his peace with quite a while ago. <laughs> um, right. That's true. As long as he gets it done, as long as somebody gets it out. Yeah, it's that's what's important to him is the just the cause and all. It's not you know he's. He's not full on like Saga Rare level, maybe, but he's definitely probably more of like a, you know, break a couple eggs to make an omelet type of guy, right? Right. Um, yeah, that's true. So uh, we also have uh, uh, Dira, Mira, what the fuck's your name? Del Mira, right? Is that her name? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. The ISB, and uh, they're like, it's gone crazy. Uh, this this is uh, the, we've basically, we have this uh, this robbery thing. So every single one of you guys here, we're all getting ready for, uh, for what does he say? So he's like, he's like, no one's leaving. I want you guys to all present, uh, star sector and planetary emergency retaliation plans by so, midnight. So everyone who's gets, gets to present, a, an emergency retaliation plan for their specific sectors, which, um, well, that's got an interesting ring to it. Hasn't it, Jack? Yeah, it does. It feels like people are 
not going to like it. Or people, I mean, the people of those planets. Uh, yeah, an, an imperial retaliation plan. I'm sure, huh, is that? What is that could only bode well, I think. That's what I know about Imperials. So bad. They'll probably be just like a, a series of like stern talking tos and like, you know, kind of like like community town hall style discussions where they say, guys, tell l- let us know what we can do to help. Okay, we'd like to avoid events like this in the future. We understand. All right, there's that you're upset, but we we'd like to offer you the proper channels to vent that instead of instead of crimes like this. You know, we want to keep it safe for everybody around here. So can we? Yeah. So I'll, I'll defer the floor to you guys, and, and you, you know, this is a safe space. This is a safe space for everybody to just tell me what you want to know, to share their thoughts. No, I doubt. I doubt that's the way we're going, isn't it? No, I'd, I'd it'd be hard pressed. Um, and then we also have Mon Mothma, and she's in the Senate arguing about um, something that's probably good and important, and no one can be bothered. Um, no it's, one gives a shit. They're just leaving. Really cool. This is the first time we've seen the actual Senate, isn't it? Um, oh yeah. It's cool, you know, compared to the prequels, most of the seats are empty at any given point. No one cares to mm-hmm. go. Um, they probably all sort of understand on some level that the, the Senate is less effectual than it even used to be. Um, and then you add into that that everyone's getting this news and they're all all drawn away by that because it's so scandalous. Uh, no one's really paying attention to her. And so she also realizes what's happened and gets the, uh, gets the message and, and she knows what's up. That the uh, the mission was successful, basically, and uh, that's where that's where we close it out. Really, everyone's just yeah, like, oh, this is the fallout. This will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting stuff. It really is. It's it's, it's a cool thing. It's I don't know, man. This show is really clearly doing doing a good job of just getting us to care about the the characters in the situation now. Because it's one of those things where, as a as a prequel, as as a timeline thing here, we know that like where the rebellion ends up and all, but it's still like this episode had a ton of suspense for me it had a ton of like mm-hmm. uh tension there where i'm like how's it gonna go like again even though we know cassian can't you know die or anything but like there's all these other characters that we we've come to care about on some level who who are potentially on the shopping block right and again even though we know like well the rebels like regardless of how this particular mission goes the rebels eventually win or whatever well, while you're watching, you're still like, oh, this. how's this mission going to go? I hope the mission succeeds. You know, I hope they do well here. Right, yeah, yeah. You don't want to watch the failures. Yeah, exactly. It was really it was really cool in that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. How about you this season? Can't wait for what the next six episodes are going to have for us. Yeah. And it's interesting. Apparently, so I, I was reading about this. Um, next week is something of some kind of one-off. Um, oh, singular not another three-episode arc? No, no. So we have three in the beginning. Um, we've obviously had three here. Then this next one's Tony Goa has said is interesting, whatever that means or whatever. It's like an, he's like, Oh, it's an interesting one. Um, so well, I don't know. Uh, then we have a three arc and then Tony Gilroy comes back to, uh, write the last three, uh, which are, or the last two, sorry, which are yeah, a little, little two part finale. Okay. I like the sound of that. Yeah. It's interesting. So yeah. they're not totally just doing the, this, this three arc, three, three, and three. Yeah, this three episode arc thing over and over again. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I, cool. I think there's a chance that next week will be just more imperial focus, just doing a bunch of retaliations. Oh, it's probably going to be like a lot of, not probably not a lot of Andor. I would say. Yeah, I, that's. I agree. I agree. It could just be a lot of like, do you, what the, Dedra Miro? That's her name. Uh, what she's up to? I mean, I gotta imagine she hasn't done much climbing yet, but I gotta imagine part of her thing is that she will succeed on some point in in mm-hmm. her 
you know, basically her political yeah. machinations, yeah. yeah, her climbing in the within the ranks there. I mean, we we've seen from the trailers, we know that she ends up on Ferex herself at some point with a couple Death Troopers. If you remember that, yes, yeah, from the trailer. So I I still I mean we didn't get any of him this week, but I I do think she's going to meet up with um what's his name Goober from episode the first three episodes, right? Um, oh the yeah the old cop yeah the cop guy Lieutenant uh what the heck is he called Cyril Cyril is he Cyril Karn? What was I calling the? I feel like I was calling the the Imperial guy Lieutenant Karn this whole time. What's he? Oh, he's Lieutenant Gorn. Those are too yeah, close, aren't they? <laughs> I I agree. Corn and Garn. It's I hate when ninja like that. They're both lieutenants, no less. We have Lieutenant Karn and then Lieutenant Gorn. Those are yeah, those are too close, but whatever. too close for comfort, I'd say. So, but let's take a check out of that then. You know, excited for next week into oh, yeah. the penultimate because we didn't do it last week and ultimate, I guess, episode of uh, Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. That's right. Uh, so it's the it's the finale of season one. And um, well, let's we do, found out who Sauron is. Let's do the penultimate one first. I just had a couple okay. things I wanted to mention. Um, obviously, a lot of it gets paid off anyway. So, but I wanted to mention um, Celeborn is mentioned, which is interesting. I've been talking about Celeborn this whole time, right? Oh yeah, I mentioned if you need to all right, I think. Well, it turns out they they are married. Um, <laughs> I've said like they should be married at this point. I don't know what that's about. Turns out they just are, which is that's interesting. Um, it's a weird. I mean, it's an interesting way to do it, I guess. It'd just be like, oh, yeah, they are they are married. They're just not together right now because she seems to uh, think he's lost in some way, right? They, they've they not yeah. met since the war, basically, which is strange. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was implied that he was just straight up dead. Well, it kind of That's is. It is implied, I think, but my he can't be, right? I mean, right, yeah. we know he's not, so I guess... I'm extrapolating to an extent there, but yes, that they do present it as if he's pretty much just dead. She seems to think he's dead. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I want to know what. I, I'm curious to what the explanation is going to, you know, turn out to be as to why he hasn't shown up. Because like, maybe he's, you know, I don't know. I want to say he's like maybe captured somewhere. Yeah, like a prisoner of, of Sauron. Maybe he's in Dune or or, or that place the Ishtar has to go to. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Get, I'm jumping ahead, but he might be there. He could be. He could be. I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't. Uh, but I did appreciate the reference at least. So then I can stop whining about it. I guess they they really got my ass. <laughs> um, I also like one less thing to whine about. I also last le- like last week uh, that the Heartfoot stopped being so lame, and they're like, actually, we should help people. Um, that was nice. That was a good change yeah. of pace for them. Um, one thing I didn't really like from last week, and it continues all the way through this week, is this whole. Oh, I guess Isildur is dead. That's lame. Um, because well, he's not. He's we no, he's not. <laughs> no. So that's that's a bit tedious because it's like, all right, all right, come on. You can't you can't really milk that so heavily in a prequel thing. I feel because it's literally no, not at all. We know he's not. De- I mean, come on. Um, but other than that, yeah. Let's into, into this the next the finale here. So, well, isn't this isn't this the end of the dwarf plot as well? Oh yeah, episode? we don't get any more of them. So yeah. So Durin's dead. Durin the third. Is like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Uh, fuck your plan. Uh, get fucked, idiot. Elrond, beat it. And he's like, all right, I guess we're all going to die. And then Durin's like, dead, come on. And he's like, nah, we're not doing that. And then they do it anyway. Because uh, the rock cures the leaf of cancer or whatever. Yeah. And then they get caught. Elrond gets sent on his way. Durin gets yelled at. And then it kind of just ends. Just as they got to uh, the big cache of it. 
yeah, they, they find a big vein of it. And just as they get there, he's like, nah, we're going to seal this up. Screw you guys. Um, but again, you know, he's right, isn't he? Like, it's tough from, from the perspective of us, like, wanting to, you know, be in favor of the characters here. And, and they don't obviously have the, the whole picture of it all. But as the viewers, we're like, oh, they're about to they're about to dig too deep and too greedily. Yeah. And set out something bad. And then we do see him. He's down there. The Balrog. He's just hanging out. He's just he's just chilling. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, he just didn't really use him. It just felt like kind of just a yeah. trailer moment. There, they like, don't, do they, Jack? They don't do anything no. with him, do they? As it turns he just, out. He just, a leaf falls and he roars. So that's that's something, isn't it? I suppose. That, hey, it was a thing I watched happen. I, I, was like, hmm. I also saw it happen. So, Well, at least two people saw it, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. So into, into the finale here. So... Um, we'll do so Nori. We do, we'll, let's do Nori. Should we just do who? Who? We just do who Sauron is first. Just, just we'll, 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 we oh, can okay. circle back. But Suspense. No, we have to oh, build fine. To build oh, to yeah. it, like the episode built to it. Well, I got spoiled on it, so I did. I got spoiled on it before I. I and by spoiled, I mean I clicked on a meme that was Mark Spoiler on Reddit, and I saw it. And I went, "Well, why did I do this to myself?" Yeah, that'll. <laughs> well, that'll happen. Yeah, that's no one else can really be blamed for that one, can they? No, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hope to. So. uh Nori and her mom and Poppy and the the chief guy. What's he called? I wrote him down. Mr. Baggins or something? Not Baggins. He's Mr. Something. Sadic. No, he's Sadic. Sadic, yeah, that's it. That's it. Good call. Um, so they, they go off to help to help uh the big guy because the stranger because last week they encountered uh the evil priestess people. An M priest. Who uh yeah, I'm an M priest and and her her friends who um, set their things on fire because they're looking for him. So they go to help because they're like, oh gosh, you need help. Um, they're going to get you. And, uh, but they, they don't, they don't beat them there. The, the priestess people beat, beat, a, beat them to the stranger. And they're like, Hey, you, you're Sauron. We're here to serve you. Sauron. Oh, mighty dark Lord. And it's like, Oh my gosh. What? what? Well, he's Sauron. He was Sauron the whole time. We kind of thought maybe, but oh my goodness. Wow. So they're like, oh, I guess he's Sauron. So that's tough. Um, they're like, you're gonna be sick. And he's like, I don't know. I'm not really fully convinced of this, guys. And they're like, oh, that's because they they like took your memory, or whatever. It'll be sweet though. You'll you'll be fine. We're gonna restrain you for now, but you'll see. It'll be it'll be great. We'll 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 you'll be sick. We'll get your memory back, and you'll be sick. And I'm like, it feels like a bad idea. Because if he turned out to actually be Sauron, I can't imagine that would go well for them, right? Surely yeah, Sauron. Okay, you bound me. Surely he would not take kindly to that, right? No. Even if they're like, oh, it's for your own good. I, I don't think Sauron's that kind of guy. I don't think he's forgiven in that way, you know? I don't think he's forgiven in any way. Yeah, so. Uh, but then they show up and, and, you know, there's like some scuffling and, and some f- fighting and whatnot. And uh, he basically, because he's like, oh, don't hurt my friends. He's he's like driven to action. Um, even though he's he's kind of dealing with the same thing he's been dealing with all season, which is, oh, am I a bad guy? Am I, am I a peril? Am I going to hurt the people I like? Is this, what's, mm-hmm. what am I? Am I a monster? Can, you know, it's one of those. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, but so he's like, oh, no, I will be good. I get to, I'll save my friends. And he does. Um, and he's a good guy. Um, he just starts speaking full sentences. Yeah, he's, he's got, kind of, he's, he's become coherent. Um, yeah. You know, which he's, he's been making progress that direction all season, you know, getting more and more. So he's, whatever cloud he's got over his, his mind there is lifting and he's, and he's, you know, getting there. Um, and he's like, you know what? Actually, I'm good. I'm a good guy. I've chosen. I've decided. Um, yeah. And you guys are bad guys, and we're gonna have a bit of a fight. And so he he uh 
puts out all the fire. He turns them into butterflies and sends them on their way. And as yeah, as they go, I didn't say I'm Gandalf, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> they didn't. I was like, okay, he turned into butterflies though. That's the thing Gandalf likes. And as he goes, hmm. as they go, they say, oh my, wait a minute, you weren't Sauron at all. The whole you were the other, you were the Astari, oh. and they turn into butterflies. Oh. Um, and he's like, back, go back to where you're gone, dark, dark creatures, blah, whatever he says. Um, but <laughs> so on and so forth. Um, Sadik dies. So yeah, he just a knife gets thrown at him. He's like, I'm dead. That's just tough. Oops. That's unfortunate. You gotta pull one out for the homie for sure. He he went out like yeah. a, he went out like a real one for sure. To be sure. Um, but he's gone. Um, and they're like, all right, cool, let's go back. And and they kind of are are ready to continue on. They're kind of they've picked up the pieces and they've rebuilt or whatever after the all the fires. And they're like, all right, we're gonna keep on, keep it on, because that's the only thing they know how to do. Um, but then the this this Sistari gentleman, he's like, oh, it means like I'm a wise one, or you could say. A wizard. What? 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 Oh my god! Yeah, can you even can you even conceive? Can you believe that he was a wizard the whole time? I couldn't even believe it. He's done more magic than anybody. It's only a thing we said about every. I mean, not that we we first week, but yeah, we all kind of thought he was a wizard, didn't we? And it turns out yeah, we were I mean, just right. I mean, it didn't really subvert our expectations in that sense, which is fine. But no, he doesn't have to. He is a wizard. Turns out he, he's a wizard, Harry, or something. Insert oh. reference here. Rip Haggard, he died this weekend. Oh, uh, that is that's actually very true. That's tough. Sorry. I didn't mean to didn't mean to How open could you? that 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 wound. I'm I'm hurt beyond belief. Uh but they're like, actually, Nori, you should go with them. You should go have an adventure. And it's then they all say some say some nice tearful goodbyes and, and Poppy gives her a nice big hug and a goodbye, which was nice because big yeah. fan of Poppy, as I've said. Justice for Poppy. Her whole family's dead. She's gotta have something. Yeah, it's real. She, it's tough. She's a really sad thing. She's like, "Oh my, oh my family leaves him." And then Nori says something I don't didn't super agree with because she's like, "What does everyone I love like leave?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's sad, Poppy." And then she's like, "Well, you gotta leave to be better people." And I was like, "Hold on, Nori. Her whole family died. That's not your thing, and and that other thing aren't connected." <laughs> that is true. She's like, "Why does everyone I love leave?" And she's like, "Oh, if they didn't, we wouldn't learn anything." And it's like that's that is maybe an insensitive thing to say to someone whose family was killed in a rock. Whole family was killed in a in a tragic and and nonsensical accident. Like not, there was no there was no grand design to that, was there? That was just cruel fate. Cruel fate. But that's all right. They're they're still buddies, I guess. Um, they go off, and as they leave, he's like, they're like, which way do we go? And he's like, I don't know. I smell something on the breeze. And you gotta, you should always trust your nose. Um, so I guess he is just Gandalf. <laughs> yep. Guess he's that's just like. Guess that's all there is to that one, huh? Um, yeah, it's like I don't know when, when it, you know. So when he was a uh, a wizard, I was like, all right, I guess he's a wizard. That's fine, whatever, right? Um, I but, but I was still hold. I hope they wouldn't make him Gandalf, and they just did. He's just Gandalf. So I don't know. Yeah, how do we feel, Jack? I mean, I don't. I don't know. On the one hand, I don't. He was gonna be a wizard, and like I don't. I don't know. From like a lore perspective, I'm like, why'd you gotta do it to lore, man? You gotta break everything. But at least it's not like at least I like the plot. Like I don't mind being a reason why Gandalf likes hobbits more than he should. I really do actually enjoy that element of it. Yeah, like that that part I do like. I'm like, okay, if this is like a reason why Gandalf's like, no, I like the hobbits, and this is why I think that they're actually like the best and they can actually do all this stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, if it, it informs the decisions he makes in both the hobbit and lord of the rings and he's like the driving force of both of those fucking books so it's like all right i can forgive that part 
it's just I don't I don't always love the like ooh iconography ooh it's the guy you know you know yeah I I, I suppose the idea would just have to be that um he basically he just comes and goes a couple times from Middle Earth I suppose would be the idea right is that yeah. he's there for time they've sent him here the the Valar, Valar have for like this this cause because they can see stuff's going wrong here at the end of the second age and then maybe when they wrap that up after the war of the last alliance or something he comes on back and then later on in the third age when things are going bad again they're like all right get back out there champ and they send him and his you know and his four buddies out five buddies or four buddies i'm sorry there's five in total yeah yeah my apologies um so i guess it's not the worst thing in the world i don't know like the thing is that even in tolkien's lore which is pretty you know expansive and he he wrote obviously in unbelievable amount it's not completely like every single second is filled in right so this is one of those mm -hmm. things where maybe there's just an absence there's kind of like a a lack of definitive you know explanation one way or the other and you can just insert it in where it's like well no one said gandalf didn't show up in the second age yeah you know no one said a dog can play football exactly so like you know he has air he has to show up in the third age but maybe he also ran around and like apparently there's i was reading an article about it today there's like maybe there's a little bit of evidence to support this right he's very familiar with their ways and stuff like there's apparently one of the essays tolkien wrote says something about how maybe um he already knew the ways of elves and men before he got there and it's like well how would he know that if he hadn't already spent some time among them so i think yeah. it's fine it works whatever the thing is like gandalf's not really his name right so there's no reason that the people of middle earth would like remember him necessarily if he didn't want it to be so right yeah like for all anyone who of the actual like mortal inhabitants of middle earth for all they know there is he is a different guy that isn't the same guy they know from from the past or whatever so you know whatever he's got all kind of names right they call him like mithrandir and stuff yeah yeah he's like he's like the white rider and stuff so this could just be a different version of him he's like you know so it's cool works it is still weird that they they chose to wipe his memory apparently instead of giving him a clear and and concise purpose on purpose but I, <laughs> I think maybe that he wasn't like something messed up like he wasn't supposed to like they something got fucky with that it could be yeah why not i don't know because again well, why did he use the black speech because uh, like yeah i don't know actually <laughs> i got nothing for that <laughs> i suppose there's no reason he couldn't know the black speech like you know for like a as like a you know scholarly pursuit of like oh it's probably good to yeah. know um and he's just kind of out of it but the real answer is drama i guess <laughs> yeah it makes you think he's sauron so i don't know i don't know about all that um but then it's just that's yeah because we don't have the dwarves at all so um it's just the other all the other plots got smushed into one at this at this point oh oh, oh so i guess that's not true we do have numenor so the numenorans return to numenor after after the mount doom mordor thing yeah. Um, the queen is unfortunately blind. Um, Ellen Deal is real upset by his son being dead, and they get back, and the king is now dead, which means that she's fully queen, right? Yeah. Um, and Ellen Deal's daughter was there, whose name escapes me now. But um, the classic, uh, apparently seen this week, of of ailing king mistakes <laughs> the identity of his daughter um, for another woman. For another woman. He thinks that. He thinks that Alan Deal's daughter is his daughter, and he's like, "Oh, you got to go up there and look at the Palantir to see the the future and shit. It'll be sick." Um, don't look too deep in there, though. Don't you 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 might get all screwy like me, where I can't tell the past apart from the present and the future. Um, and I guess she just goes up there and looks at it. I suppose, right? Do we? Yeah, I didn't see her do it. Yeah, I don't think so. So, 
I'm, I assume that will come up, but you know, they put in the finale because it'll be relevant later. Um, that's how that goes. Uh, yeah. And he, he warns that the end of Numenor is coming. Maybe that their Island will fall unless they return to their old ways. Um, and I think unfortunately for them, that's, they're not going to be able to pull that off. Maybe. <laughs> no, well, uh, no, but they, they, they're totally going to do it. Uh, they gotta, they gotta, yeah, they they would have to unless they wanted their island to fall to ruin. So I don't. Yeah, and they all will fall, and the kingdom will come to ruin, and all so that. Either, so either they will or they won't, and it will come to ruin. So hmm. we'll have to see. I'll <laughs> have, have to see. see. So, but then everyone else kind of meets all up because Galadriel has ridden with Halbrand. Halbrand to Sindane? No, Sindane's a man. Wherever that city is, Arabia, Aregion? Is that it? Yeah, I think it's a Region to give him elf medicine because he's got a f- infected wound from the battle. He's got elf medicine. So Elrond's there, Galadriel's there, Halbrand's there, Celebrimbor's that we're all in the same area now. It's sick. Um, so he gets healed up real quick, and then he's like chatting with uh, Halbrand is. He's chatting with Celebrimbor. He's like, oh, I love you. I'm, I was Because we know he's a smith, so he's like, oh, I'm a fan of your work. My master's always talking about it. This is cool. I love it. And then he's like, oh, yeah. Too bad we all have to go to Elf Heaven because I can't figure this out. He's like, oh, what if you just, what if you see, so only got a little bit of mithril here, but what if you mixed it with some other stuff and you could, and you could make some stuff with it still? Wouldn't that be cool? And he's like, that's a, you know what we need? That's a good idea. And so they talk to Gilgalad about it, but he's like, guys, can we just give up and go to heaven already? I've had enough. Yeah, of I'm so tired of this place. I've had enough of your scheming and plotting to try to keep us from, from having to leave. Why don't we all just leave and you shut up about it now? Huh? Uh, but Galadriel and Elrond and, and, Celebrimbor being the rebels that they are, they continue their work in, in secret, basically. Yeah. And, uh, Halbrand's being real helpful there, which is which is real nice of him. Uh, real cool. Yeah, strangely helpful. Strangely really quite helpful. And they're like, all right, maybe we should make a big crown. Will be A nice crown will be the thing. And then Gilgalad is rightly like, but if you give one crown and you give it to one guy, suddenly that's that's one guy who's got all the power to save the whole Middle Earth. That's kind of sus. It's probably not a good idea, guys. And they're like, oh, what do you know, great elven high king? Uh, How would you know? You wouldn't know anything, you fool. You fool. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's he's got a head on his shoulders at least. So they're like, all right, we'll keep doing it. And then they're like, wait a minute. What if we just split the power into two? We'll make two things. We won't make a crown. We'll make two rings. That'll That'll go well. That'll be sweet. Sick. Great, right? Great. It's split between us. Only two people can have all the power. That won't go wrong either. Uh, but Galadriel has been getting suspicious in the interim, right? She's like, wait a minute. I, I know I've been vouching for this guy a whole season through, but now I, I don't know about this Halbrand character. How does he know How does he know these things? How is he getting so so closely ingratiated with Celebrimbor here? What's going on? And then she gets some 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 documents, some old uh, ancient scrolls that say that the, the sort of royal bloodline of the Southlands died out like a thousand years ago. There was no heirs and there there is no such thing as like this lost heir for the, the Southlands. So who who really is Halbrand? And Halbrand's like, well I I told you. I told you I, I stole it off a dead guy. You didn't believe me. And then she's like, oh but you tricked yeah. me. He's like, well actually if you look at every step of the journey here, you pretty much pulled me kicking and screaming through it and into things I didn't yeah. want to do. This is kind of on you Galadriel and she's like, oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's kinda there's some truth to that. And he's like, because it is Galadriel. The thing about it all is, the, the, the big reveal here is Jack. What is it? Uh, he's Sauron. Oh, my God. He's Sauron. Oh, my God. The guy, the guy who everybody thought was Sauron is Sauron. <laughs> That's all right, though, I guess. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
the one guy who didn't fit, we went, this guy's like a new guy. Why is he why is he so important? I mean, oh, we, it's because he's a, we knew at least one of them was Sauron, right? So Yeah. And Someone had out, to be Sauron. Turns out he was Sauron. And actually, in retrospect, I, I feel like I should have seen this coming a little bit because I was I don't know. I guess I was You want to stay a new one or so bad. Yeah. Um I had kind of come around to like, oh, maybe Halbrand isn't isn't Sauron. It could be anyone. But when you look at it, now it's not perfect, right? It's not one to one with with the established Tolkien lore, of course. Um, especially when you're dealing with timelines, wise and stuff. Um, and we talked about how in the books or whatever, Sauron was on Numenor for like years as a captive before he kind of like weaseled his way into 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 their good graces, right? And in, in mm-hmm. set that notion, but. You know, even still, and then, and then we also know, of course, that Sauron in disguise, um, you know, infiltrated into the elves and and convinced Celebrimbor to make the rings. And uh, both of those things happen this season. Um, it's just with the same guy, so it's you know, it's a little off. It's not it's not one to one, is it? But it, you know, the bones are there. They really are. Like he's he's a prisoner in Numenor. And then he convinces them, kind of, sort of roundabout, to go to the Southlands, and that's he sort of sets in motion the the beginnings of the ends for Numenor. Maybe he also that whole expedition kind of seemingly sets off Mordor, right? Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. And then he, he just coincidentally ends up in Eregion um, there, where he's able to uh, get Celebrimbor working on some rings, maybe. Some rings for him to use to control. So he was uh, I, Sauron the whole yeah. time, man. Yeah, I, I did. I did like when he was like, "Well, I told you took off a dead man." Like it's a lot of. I, no, I, I like how a lot of it was like, "I told you all the truth," but Galadriel took it the way she wanted to hear it, and not he didn't. She didn't really listen. He didn't say anything to dissuade her, but also he was like, "I, I do like how it's like." Well, Galadriel was kind of like you said, it's kind of your fault too. Like I, I was very clear on what I wanted to do, and I didn't lie. You forced me to do all these things to help you kill me, but you helped me the whole time. Totally agree. I thought that was really interesting that he's like, no, look at this. Every step of the way, you you made me, basically. This is on you, kind of. I just was along for the ride, really. Which obviously is not, I think we can we can safely assume isn't true. Is that mm-hmm. he he did orchestrate it all himself. Um, you know in a roundabout kind of way. This is, of course, what he wanted, but it's still, it's very interesting. It's, it's a cool way to yeah. go about it. I mean, he is, his whole thing is that he's this great deceiver, right? He's like this manipulative, deceptive dude. That's like his whole jam. So it makes sense that he would, he would kind of go about it this way. Yeah. Um, but then he makes his, he, he just says, well, so I guess he, he makes this um, treatise to her where he's like, why don't we just join forces? You can be my, you can be my dark queen. Terrible and as beautiful as the dawn, basically. Goes, I thought goes they were going to say, they don't say that all, but I, I was hoping they would. He says a bunch of other stuff. like That's essentially the same kind of idea. right? But no, he doesn't literally say beautiful and terrible as the dawn, unfortunately, which is a, unfortunately. a fun line that I love repeating. But it's the same kind of deal. He's like, you can join me and we can rule together. We can... It's that classic sort of villain thing of like, no, we're not going to... We're not gonna like you know be evil. We're gonna be magnanimous. We're gonna be benevolent rulers. I'm gonna use complete unquestioned authority to only do good things. I won't take advantage of it. You and I can can actually make it peaceful and nice here. Wouldn't you like that? We can stop the elves from dying. It'll be sick. You'll love it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, doesn't doesn't really doesn't really go that way. Gladwell is luckily uh, smarter than that. She's like, well, no, you're just gonna do all these bad things. That's right. 
Um, she, she's, she, she holds true there and she's like, nah, I ain't going to do it. Um, so he just makes his escape. He's just like, all right, well, I'm going to head out then. I'll see you guys later. And, and Gladriel makes maybe not even maybe, uh, she probably makes a, a wrong choice here. Right? So she, she kind of does the best with the information she has, I suppose. And she thinks she's getting one over on him. But again, um, in a lot of ways, she probably walks right into what he, he wanted. Doesn't she? Yeah. Um, cause he's, she's like, okay, he had us do two rings, but two rings is, is, as you pointed out before, right? One ring gives one absolute power to everyone. Two ring or to, to one guy that is. Two rings makes it so that you have two people who are like you know opposed, vying against each other, split right down the middle potentially. Three rings makes it so that even in the worst case scenario, you have like you know it's it's there's this sense of balance. There's evenness. No one one no guy has too much power. Yeah, can really overpower the other two as long as you maintain a balance here. And so they make um they end up using the the stuff they learn and everything to craft three. Three elven rings um, that are going to be good for what is it? Fire, wind, and earth. I think is that right? I didn't. I I don't know. I know one of them's fire because Gandalf has it. Yeah, that's the one Gandalf gets. It. So I guess the three of them take them, huh? Is that is that what we're taking today? Or I mean, yeah. we, I guess we don't really know. It could go anywhere. That's literally like the very last scene of the episode, so it could go any anyway with yeah. that. But in I believe in the book, uh, Elrond has one, right? So spo- spoiler check, but Elrond gets Gilgalads after the after the war, right? Okay, Gilgalad gets one, Galadriel gets one, and Sindane gets one. I think is Sindin Sindane gets one. Um, Sindane is not a character they've introduced in the show yet, so I feel like they wouldn't do that, or they'll just introduce him next week to give it or next season to give it to him. Who knows? One of the two. Uh, but I feel like they, I don't know, they still might do. They might give it to Elrond right off the bat. They might give it to Gilgalad. I'm not really sure. But I, I would think it's going to be either the three of them or Galadriel, Celebrimbor, and Gilgalad, right? Probably? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is interesting. I don't know. They, they've kind of deviated again a little bit from the lore here. Uh, so, this, I mean, the whole, again, the whole plot of, like, we need the rings to fix the tree thing is is totally a fabrication of this, right? Uh, in yeah, the it's not- Books. I don't. I don't really know. I was, I was reading a little bit about it earlier, but I don't know exactly why they felt the need to make the rings. Other than this guy showed up and was like, "Wouldn't it be cool?" And they were like, "You're right. It would be pretty guy. It would be cool. We should make those." And what they do is they make a bunch of lesser rings. They call them, which are presumably still like you know magical um, artifacts of some kind that can do some some stuff, but they're not as good. And then Anatar, who is Sauron in disguise is like gives them this the real the real down low and he gives them the real techniques and they're like oh we can make some sweet powerful rings so they make 19 rings um that are real good um mm. or is that right well really they make no, 16 yeah. i think yeah they make 16 and then they wait no how many wait, nine, no, for 19. The, nine for the elven lords no it's three for the elves seven for the dwarves nine for the men so they start with 16 i was right so they start with 16 because that's how many they make. And then I think at some point they catch wind of the fact that Sauron is Sauron maybe and, or whatever, at some point, whatever in the, in the, in the progression here, uh, Celebrimbor makes the three Elven ones in secret without Sauron. Right. Which is kind of how it goes. They can't be corrupted. So they are somewhat separate. They're not totally separate, but they are not under the direct influence of the one ring. So after the 19 are made, all nineteen of those. Then Sauron makes his one ring. When he makes the one ring, the the Elven bears realize, and they take their rings off to not get corrupted. But then, 
I think that's when Sauron kicks things off and starts doing war. And oh, he, he captures and he captures the sixteen and then he gives those away to hmm. the dwarves and the men. Because the elves originally did not make them for the men and the dwarves, because right. they're kind of greedy. As they literally say in the, at one point in this, this power should only be for elves or whatever, right? Doesn't doesn't Clavjold mm-hmm. say that? Right? I think so, yeah. One of them says it. Uh, so they don't intend to share. It's only because Sauron shares them so that he can get influence over them. And then, but the whole way through, the three Elven rings do remain separate from the influence, so that the uh, the Elven ring bearers continue to use them, and they don't mm. fall under his sway. Whereas I assume we know the men and the and the dwarves uh, not do not do so well. No, they some become Nazgul. Yeah, yeah. All the dwarven ones, they don't as much fall under his direct control like that but they bad stuff seems to happen to most of them and then yeah all the all the kings of men eventually just become the nazgul so i don't know i guess they didn't want to show them making a bunch of rings but it's weird it, it is a weird contrast because at the end of this episode they sing the song don't they they play it over the credits but i i like that i was a, I was a no, it's cool. cool yeah and it's cool but and they specifically say they only have enough to make three and they only have enough pure metal to make three they melt on her dagger Right, yeah. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but at some point he needs to make a bunch more, doesn't he? Um, yeah, and Sar- okay. I think, so is the implication here at the end, we see um, we see him rolling up to Mount Doom, presumably to, to make the last one, right? Yeah, I would assume, or get his army together. Make the one ring and, and get it going. Yeah. So, Have you been, I've been seeing that uh, the showrunner has said that season two Siren is going to be like Walter White. <laughs> I did see that. So everyone's making memes about that. that he's going to be on, on some level an understandable, like complex villain. I think I'm looking at them right now. The the stones are white, blue, and red. So I'm going to guess they're fire, water, and air. I think that sounds about right. Uh, uh yeah, that's interesting. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. On the one hand, like I guess whatever, add some depth to the guy. We've been talking about depth up the wazoo the past couple weeks with these shows, right? And all these gray, complex, layered characters, right? it's you know it's usually not a bad thing to make your characters more interesting and 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 deep right uh on the other side though it's like we have talked about how as a universe lord of the rings is pretty up and down with that kind of morality right yeah some they're either evil or you're not like you're being corrupted i don't know sauron is pretty truly evil and like there is even even he he has the element of like he's influenced by morgoth's evil right like you know and so there's that that's a factor too, um, but still, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I need Sauron to be this like sympathetic, sympathetic villain. Yeah. I mean, I don't need him to be Allison Hightower. Yeah, yeah. He's he is Sauron. He's literally like the the stereotypical the dark, dark Lord, dark devil. Lord. Yeah, just just pretty much. He really is, for all intents and purposes, in in the texts. He's just a totally un unabashed just evil just literally pure embodiment of evil he's not really much he's like the devil from the bible he disguises himself he corrupts he makes deals he he like really is carries people on their way does not seem to have any kind of redeeming qualities to him in the in the source material so i don't i don't know we'll see how that plays out i suppose but certainly will I am a little disappointed they never went with any kind of fancy elf boy appearance for him i suppose they still could right but yeah, but just a just regular guy, Hellbrand. Yeah, right? That's less interesting, I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. I just, at least on someone, I think. Again, th- there's 
like he's, like we were saying, there, there's like the bones here of, of the main plot points of, of what Tolkien has uh, had written out. Uh, but a lot of the specifics are kind of shifted because yeah, when he when he gets into the good graces of the elves there as Anatar or whatever, he is like a beautiful elf-looking guy because he's like, no, the the Valar sent me as an emissary. I'm I'm like you guys. That doesn't really work if he's just a man. But I mean, he worked. He got it done, I suppose. But it's just you yeah, get the work you need to get done done. But it's not the still, same as long. No. No. Uh, but yeah. So I guess. You know, here we are. We're we're heading heading forward now. Um, a lot of step towards. You know, they they did head on a lot of the big things. Uh, but a lot of it is just kind of getting started, which is cool. You know, again, presumably this will be a several season type of thing. Uh, so Has like, been any word for season two? Say again. Has there been any word for season two? I haven't seen. Think no. I. There's got to be right. This is their biggest show yeah, ever. I would. I would think so. Rings of Power season two. Everything we know. When will it come out? Um, the question isn't will, but when. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. This says that as per the conditions of the estate, they could only buy the rights if they committed to five seasons. So I suppose oh, we, we, we already know there'll be at least five seasons. So five seasons. That kind of makes sense. I think they could, they could yeah. probably. Because yeah. really, I, I can see that. This was almost like a prologue i mean not not quite but like when you actually look at what's got done it's like okay we've set up numenor to start to maybe fall right we've set up yeah. the dwarves to start to maybe fall we have just in the finale here made the first three rings like there really is a lot of ground yet to cover um even even in terms of these bigger events to like set the stage to to keep moving here so you know i think it certainly could work i do think that like with the finale and the in the second to last episode they're kind of like all together I, there's a bit of like i don't know if it's pacing or what you'd call it but um i personally i feel like some of the plots were a little bit unresolved in in to an extent there no yeah i, I definitely see what you're saying some of them felt like there's there was more and there was if you had a couple more like two more episodes it would be more of a bow on it maybe mm-hmm. like i maybe, think maybe 10 to the 8 i think nori like the hardfoot plot Real complete. I feel like that's a total oh, yeah. self-contained thing. Absolutely. I think that really did well as far as the seat. Not that it's not, there's something, obviously, that we know the next stage to it. But as far as television goes, that makes perfect sense, right? As we have a season here, and then we, we know where the next season can go towards, but we have a nice package here. Um, some of the other ones, like Arandir, we didn't get any of him in the finale either. Uh, I don't know where that's going. Like, I mean, they have to rebuild? I don't know. Like, that's, they're, they're refugees now. That's kind of all we have, is that Arandir and the other survivors are going to make towards an old colony, is what they said. That's kind of the extent of it, though. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, less I enjoyed that less. I guess as like a conclusion because there isn't a big conclusion to it. Um, I don't know what his role is going to be going forward. Uh, same with like Numenor to an extent. Is that it? Just kind of ends. I mean, the king dies. That is a uh, is something of a final thing to it. But that's that's all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, you know. It's the first season. Again, it is definitely like laying the groundwork for, for this story going forward. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see, I guess. But overall, I mean, com- what do we think, Jack? How do we enjoy it? Um, I think that it was, like we said at the beginning, um, when, when the show first came out, I think it was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, at some points, it kind of faltered. Uh, the pacing was a little weird. There was, I think, episode like five or six. Nothing really happens. Kind of spins its wheels a little bit, but overall, 
I, I'm, I'm optimistic for the next season. I'm definitely when it when it comes back around, I won't be like, oh god, this thing we have to cover. No, I, I definitely am looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, the Sar, I think I think they've set up enough interesting things that even though it may have stumbled a couple places, I, I think it'll be pretty solid going forward. I totally, hope at least. Totally agree. Yeah, uh, the the characters are likable for the most part. Um, we we've defended Gladriel pretty extensively on here. Like we don't, we're not one of those. We're not in the like, oh, she's this unlikable jerk camp. I I like Gladriel just fine. I like Elrond a lot. Yeah. I like Durin. I I'm a big fan of the Hardfoots. They're very fun. I if anything, I'm disappointed that we seem to be getting less of them next season, and it's just going to be Nori and and the I guess Gandalf um, <laughs> out adventuring. Because uh, I again big fan of Poppy, um, but I guess this means she's out of harm's way. I don't have to fear for Poppy's Poppy's safety. No, God, I hope not. Nice folk, yeah. Well, yeah, you never know. For all we know, she'll just get eaten by wolves or whatever happens to them. <laughs> a big a tree will fall on her, and that's the end of Poppy. Um, yeah. That was sad. That was a moment when, when they're like, they put Sadek in the in the book there, whatever, because they're like, oh, I wish he was still with us. And then one of them was like, hey, he is still with us, because they carry him all with them, which is, that is nice. That's a nice That's a nice sentiment. It is. It's a very nice sentiment. Um, but yeah, I agree. Better than I thought. I, I, I'm glad to see it continue and like you said i i feel like we'll actually enjoy it not, not just like a chore or whatever uh, right of course this sh- again the show looks very good the production value was there i really think they shot themselves in the foot by putting out the trailer when they did like a good calendar year in advance of the show because the the post was just not done on it and uh it didn't look very good and it got people the right. it gave people the wrong idea about this show whereas if they just waited and shown people a more complete picture of the show that have been like oh yeah it does look good and it does um yeah definitely overall i think it's pretty good all most of most if not all of my concerns about the sort of lore stuff right that we were whining about or i was mostly going into this they either were resolved pretty pretty convincingly i would say in it or at least to enough of an extent or the show maybe is just good enough where i was just like well i'm not that worried about it right whether or not they perfectly fixed it or not a lot of them i'm just like well i'm not i'm not worried about it actively one way or the other so i think that's good you suppose yeah I, I would have to agree nothing nothing so egregious that like it makes it unwatchable yeah but again we're also in you know that weird kind of middle zone with tolkien like we've talked about with a number of properties where it's like we enjoy tolkien just fine we've you know we've seen the movies we're, we're fans and, and we have that general kind of nerd knowledge that everyone does where at some point you spend you, enough time around all this stuff that you have a sort of a base level understanding of most ancillary knowledge most geeky properties whether or not you actually actively you know really care about them so we all have that going for it but we're also not it's not so precious to us that these changes would really bother us so you know i guess we're in a a good spot in that sense um and if you if if you are in that area where it's it's really precious to you and these changes bother you i mean that's fair as long as you're not jerk about it that is um you know it's, it's valid. That is a, a viewpoint to have. That's probably fair. Yeah, but definitely. Overall, it's not not been too much of a bother to us. So good show. Not so bad oh, as yeah, we definitely. thought. I think. Which I mean, I don't know. We're too harsh on it. We were definitely were too harsh. Which is not maybe it's not even a fair way to present it, right? Of like, oh, ho, ho, I guess it wasn't as garbage as we thought because it really just it isn't bad. So maybe that's not even a fair way to present it. But it just is a it's just an all right show. They did a good job. I really do feel like for the most part. It feels like Lord of the Rings, like definitely the look, the the way they talk, just the, the general atmosphere. Yeah. Definitely, they nailed that very well. Maybe it's not quite as as excellent as the as the 
films, right? But I think I had this thought the other day. I feel like it's pretty much in line to for me with like the Hobbit movies, right? Which is to say, it doesn't reach the same heights as the the trilogy, right? But there's no denying it's the same same world, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I've always liked the Hobbit movies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. me as well. So, yeah. we're we're kind of of an age where we were really we, truly too uh, too young to actually see the uh, the Lord of the Rings films actively, right? But I feel like I was a good age when the Hobbit movies were coming out, and I got well into them. And I remember it was one of those things where as like a as like a kid or whatever, you're not overly worried about you know the the quality of your media. I remember kind of being aware that like so many people hated them and and they were not on. Not you know they were so unpopular, and I remember just being like, I don't know, I kind of like these. I like <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, they're fun. I just they're fun. I just think they're neat. <laughs> well, I think it's probably it there, Super Chief. What do you say? All for right. Well, I think we did it just fine. Another long one, based on my yeah. calculations. But this is the last That's time. All right. we'll have to do f- last time these same four TV shows again, especially because two of them are just yeah. done now. So they're just done now. Four hour long TV shows a week, packed full of content, but. We're always, we're glad, we were glad to have them, and we're sad to see them go a little bit. But That's anyway, right. we're about right about here. Just wish they were so spread out. So much for listening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wish they were spread out. But you know, the age of media we live in, not so overlap. That would have been just dandy. But oh, we wouldn't have to like scramble for things to watch for the next right. I don't know, two months. <laughs> exactly. We we're gonna go from scrambling to watch things in time to scrambling to have anything to watch at all. <laughs> oh, what a fun dichotomy. Either you know, way, you're scrambling. Or scramble twenty two. Always, that's that's kind of the duality of man, Jack. Oh God! What a, if anyone listened? It'd be great. It'd be great callback. Always talking about duality. Um, we doing the end? Is this the end? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's the end. <laughs> okay, saying uh, thanks very much for listening. So as you can find us on Twitter at Architect Jazz at, at Gmail and Architect Jazz at Gmail on Instagram at the Architect Podcast. Intro done by Celery Salt. You can find him on Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, logo done by Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at ingotion.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. And Godspeed.